When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Adam Mitchell. You're listening to Tom and Zeus and the Shout It Out Loudcast. Rock on. Oh, boy. Here we go. Pressing the button. Star? Simmons. Star? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fans? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck Six one seven five two five zero. You do? Hey, fucko! Do you like kiss? Settle down. Hello, hey, what's up, there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. We're up to episode one eighty eight. Classic seventy eight. I'm laughing right now. I'm trying not to laugh right now because what did I do? No, you didn't do anything. What I'm just I? laughing because right before you hit record, me and you were just like fucking grumpy old men. Oh, <laughs> like, like just, just it's this is why we do this. Like we get on the air, we purge, and then it's like, all right, let's go. And maybe, yeah, we'll into, maybe we'll get into it a little bit later, but. Maybe that's going to be a special Patreon thing. Show the 10 minutes before we hit record. Oh, no, we wouldn't have we any not. listeners no. left. Nope. No. Actually, I'd take that back. There might be a couple people that'd be like, it's the best part of your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of your show. That, it's because that's when we're like, dude, I'm so sick of this fucking idiot sending me this stupid shit. We've never said like, that about, we've never said that about a listener. What? I didn't say it was a listener. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Oh, a person. Or, or we're just like, dude, fuck this, everybody. Yeah. This fucking guy is the most <laughs> annoying piece of shit. All right. Yeah, we get it. You fucking have this going on. We get it. Like, it's just, it's exhausting. I, I I actually recommend everybody out there have this or whether it's in your therapy group or whatever you do is have a friend that you can contact once just, a week and, and be like, okay, 
What's pissing you off? Oh, let me tell you. This motherfucker at work. <laughs> you know what? Maybe so we, we usually do an annual Festivus episode. I think we might need to incorporate like a weekly like this week, this week's bitch minute with shout it out loud cat. Although our, our listeners right now are saying, you guys do that already. Why do you need yeah. to create a new segment? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that fucking idiot, Joey Casada. <laughs> So fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, but he, like but something he is, like that. But he is a handsome man, so that's okay. Oh, what all right, Jericho thinking. Let him jump in with quarantine. He feels what? bad. He feels bad for him. Oh. He feels bad for him. <laughs> I'll bring my Star Wars toys with me. Wow! See, now you're getting offensive. Now you're getting it because what? What about our Star Wars toys? We're bringing them on the cruise. Star Wars toys. I yeah. like the movies. Wait until our cruise cabin mates find out what what I do with my little tauntaun at night. But anyways, uh, anyway, we got to. Well, this is going to be a fun, fun interview oh. with the classic '78 guys. Uh, it's about. 90 minutes of it it's it's great stuff great stuff it's fantastic fucking stuff you'll yeah, see it was a lot um of fun. but before we go forward we always go backwards and break down last week's episode which was our mailbag episode and we always do a poll yep but we got to give a shout out to our newest sponsor and we all know him, Anthony Barone. Some of us are lucky enough to call him Tony. And he represents ABCPA Inc. ABCPA Inc. is an accountant firm located in the suburbs of Chicago that can assist you with all your accountant and tax needs. For businesses, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns filing federal and state income tax returns, and help with starting your own business as well. For individuals, they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust and estate tax returns, and filing personal federal and state income tax returns. So they have access, Tom, to all 50 states. Awesome. Perfect. So whether you're in Oregon or Delaware, ABCPA Inc. can prepare you an e-file on your behalf. So, so far, Tom, I've done four states. I'm going to keep alternating them until I repeat someone. It's like, oh, you already said Maryland. Oh, another spreadsheet for Zeus. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to. I'm not. <laughs> on my OCD, no. God hey, bless did, you, I say, did, I, did, I, did I say Idaho last week? All right, <laughs> no, we're going to do North Dakota this week. Okay. Yeah, so regardless, the point is Tony can hit you anywhere, whatever state you're in. Uh, did you know, Kiss Army? If you own a business with employees and had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 due to COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you might be entitled to additional tax credits. And tax credits are fun and good for you. <laughs> Take them. And if Tony can get you that, you got to find out. Give him a buzz. And so you can follow him and ABCPA Inc. 
on Facebook, LinkedIn, and visit them on their website, abcpainc.com. That's abcpainc.com. Or you can email Anthony at, at Tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com. Or call them at 708-430-3232. Again, 708-430-3232. Yeah, ABCPA Inc. Woo! Nothing like talking about KISS and get your taxes done. Yes, it's all about the revenue. I enjoy tax shelter conversation. So can Tony sure. ha- can Tony handle any crypto that I might have? I'm sure he can handle it all. So Loudcasters, Kiss Army, give uh, Tony a buzz. He'll take care of all your tax and uh, and all your business needs. So give him a buzz. Like we said, you can catch his email or the phone number and support your fellow Loudcaster. Absolutely, yes. Tom, we did a poll last week. What was the poll? So we did a mailbag episode, and one of the questions they asked us uh, was, what official release would you like to see next? Now, we didn't specify an an official release in terms of uh, CD, vinyl, audio, video, DVD, whatever. Um, But the options were Animalized Live, which obviously that was a DVD release, so you could be talking about audio. Winterland. Well, it was actually a VHS release. Ah, good call. That's right. I'm not sure if the DVD release is valid or a bootleg it's a bootleg i have it yeah yeah it's it's a combo isn't it yeah yeah it's pretty good it's better than not having it on dvd at all but yeah uh, so animalized live winterland palladium 1980 or hot in the shade and uh the eric Carlove continues 39 percent for the palladium 1980 show which was that was killer would love to see that with the uh unmasked that was great uh and zeus you would have loved it it was the premiere of them performing You're All That I Want live in concert. That's why I've always thrown that out. If yep. it, if I could go back and see something or a specific concert, yep. I would like to see that. The, you yep. know, Eric's debut, something different. And they also did Talk To Me. <laughs> Talk To Me? Ace Fraley. And, and, and here's something that you'll enjoy. So this is 1980. The other 92% of the set list is everything they're playing on end of the road right now. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Uh, anyway, so yeah, 39% for Palladium, 33 Hot in the Shade, 16 Animalized Live, 12 Winterland. A um, couple comments here. Hot, hot, hotter than piss says the set list from the Hot in the Piss tour was really great. Would love an off the soundboard of that tour. Do you think that some new listener is like, oh, they're doing listener feedback? Who is hot, hot, hotter than piss? <laughs> I don't know. But people are going to be like, oh, oh, look at this Kiss podcast. Having the guy some classic 7 8. I can't wait to tune in. What is, what are they talking about? They have listeners named hotter than piss? Yep, uh, we do. Uh, our buddy Darren, all those are great choices, but Winterland has been around for years. I have animalized on DVD. Uh, I saw Hot in the Shade twice. I would buy them all, but the 1980 show is the gem. Yes. Uh, our buddy Joe Paparlato. Joe, I hope you're going on the cruise again, buddy. Um, 
He says, definitely hands down the Palladium show because the other three already exist in pro shot video. Yeah, again, if we're talking video, I don't know if we didn't we didn't specify video or audio, but that's okay. We're not mentioning that fucking shit on this show. No, 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 no. Oh, God, no, we're not talking about that. No, no, no. Thank no. you. Um, the Metal Oasis. Uh, keep an eye out for that podcast soon. Our buddy Adam Stevenson. Palladium 100%. The lineup with Eric and Ace and the Super Kiss costumes is one of my favorites. Kyle Schneider. Opening night of Animalized tour in Brighton, England was a very rare set list. Kiss played five songs from Animalized that night. I've had enough. Burn, bitch, burn. Get all you can take. Heavens on fire and under the gun. Ooh, that is pretty, great. That is pretty cool. Uh, and then we'll see. We'll get into some episode specific type of comments here on the mailbag. Our buddy Heavy Mayo, who God bless Heavy Mayo, his mail truck is underwater because huh. he lives. He lives in Rhode Island where they got about eleven inches of rain. Yeah, he better be careful because if he got two inches of rain, he'd be underwater. <laughs> See, that's yeah. offensive. He's a little guy. He's I yeah. know a little I know a little mailman, and he's right over there. He's so small you can see his fucking sneakers in his driver's license. Oh, we love heavy mayo. Oh goodness. Uh Ken and Satan Service post a really smoking hot picture of Marky Post with her shirt undone. Oh, Ooh. We were talking about MILFs, I think, from the 90s. Yes, we were. Like, like 50, like actresses that are like 45 to 55. Woo. Welcome, new listeners. Yeah. Wait, honey, now they're talking about MILFs. What? Yes. Lovely Lance. I love the Ricky Nelson reference, but I'm old and I understood it. Yeah, garden party. Yeah, I like Ricky right. Nelson. I like that's his right. 50s shit. And he had the great and all real guitar heroes. All swear by James Burton. And that guitar solo he did on Hello Mary Lou by Ricky Nelson is still legendary. And then do you know where James Burton fucking rocked out live in the uh, 70s? No, because no, I've never heard of James Burton. Oh no. Every guitar here guy loves him. Loves okay. him. Go ahead. Elvis's band. Oh, okay. Elvis's live right. band. Nice. I've, I've sent you that sh- that stuff where I, Elvis is playing uh which is great footage. I think I just sent it to Steve Wright where he's playing uh, little sister and in the middle of it, where it's a mashup of little sister and get back. Okay. With this like band and El- they're fucking rocking. It's an awesome video, but nice. Anyway, sorry. I digress. No, it's okay. Uh, that's it for Twitter stuff. What do we got on the book of face on Facebook? Tom, we got a, uh, Different photos. Uh, the meme of uh, your buddy Peter North from Rick Rare. Oh, jeez. Uh, exploding, looks like. Uh, we got Ken Ryan put another Marky Post in a bikini. Nice. And then we have someone, Daniel Haller Houston says, I'd like to think of Bruce as Willie Chichi. <laughs> Sal, the boss says he'll come in a separate car. There was no heart attack. <laughs> nice. See, that's a listener. That's a guy listening and paying attention to the show. I love it. Mario Aguilera the third. I love Godfather references. Bruce is not Johnny Olar or Polly. No, he's no. not. We didn't call him that. No, 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 no. no, no. He's definitely not. Uh, or Sicilian Messenger Boy, Johnny Ola. <laughs> Our buddy. Think of Stanley here, people. Oh, God. Now he gets his own sound bite. Oh, God. Here we go. Great. Another great episode. My personal holy grail item would be a fully restored, remastered Blu-ray DVD 
of the original TV version of Kiss Meets the Phantom. Yes. Complete with the cheesy 70s music. All ace lines, outtakes, bloopers. You know this stuff must exist somewhere. And as an added bonus, the full Magic Mountain concert. Bingo. Then a hidden Easter egg of sink and destroy by yours truly. <laughs> like he was going well. In, he was like, it, see, every once in a while, it's like, oh, wow, this is a, a really thoughtful post. And then it's like, thinking Stanley here. It's like, <laughs> and listen, you, that's what he does. I like when he does that. When he transitions into thinking Stanley, and listen, Paul, what's up with the Dubai VVD? <laughs> Oh, geez, the D word. We haven't heard that in a while. Oh. I'm telling you, the only chance that any of us have of any phantom thing is if those box sets that come from overseas, I got a ton of them. If you listen, you know what I'm talking about, those super deluxe box sets with tons of little knickknacks and books and, and, L, and LPs. If they do something for the 45th anniversary, that, that might be where you get it. But unfortunately, they're ridiculously priced and they're hard to get. But we talked about it last week, and I think I agree with Zeus. Kiss ain't gonna do shit for the Phantom. Uh, over on Instagram, Tom, our so-called buddy Joey Casada writes, "Uh-oh, every episode is a mailbag, you dopes." Look, don't, don't, don't do that, Joey. Don't do that. You're the one who wanted to stick up for him. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him in his New York, New Jersey, wherever the fuck he's from. I wish he would go on a cruise. I would break into his cabin and cut his hair while he's sleeping. Oh, handsome man. Over on YouTube. YouTube. Nige Savage. Yeah, Nige. Always love these mailbag episodes. Wanted to weigh in on a couple points. First, Zeus mentioned he wasn't a fan of naming the podcast SIOL. So I'm dying to know what were the other names in the mix? That's a great question. What the hell were we thinking of, Tom? Do you remember? We don't have a, we don't have an answer for that. And I'm and I'm not I am dead serious. We we were <clears throat> I remember the exact conversation. I remember I was in my basement sitting in my recliner texting you and we kept going back and forth back and forth and it wasn't like we fought or had an argument over like two or three names. We were just like how about this? We're like, "Nah. How about this?" We're like, "Okay." And that was it. Yeah, and here's the thing, and it's specific because we're always long-term planning. Yeah, This is KISS-centric enough that KISS fans will get it, but we're not boxed into KISS. Right. So we could shout it out loud, Cass, as I said, Tom. It could be Hannity and Combs. Oh, settle down, Combs. <laughs> Political conversation could be called Shout It Out Loud, Cast. Right. Or we could talk about other types of music or whatever. Yeah, but well, so for the re- for, for, like, for the for, okay. yeah for the record, I like the name of the show. I'm not a huge fan of the song because it's overplayed, but I, I like the name of the show. But yeah, if I hear one more fucking person <laughs> say the shouted out loud cast, I don't know why that bothers you so much. Or shouted out loud podcast. Yeah, that's annoying because it's not. That's annoying. <sighs> that's annoying. Yeah, just get it right. God damn it. Anyway. Um, maybe I should read the rest of this comment. No, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Secondly, regarding the Sydney show review and kiss, not changing the set list. I think the fact that most of the crowd only knew two or three songs actually proves that kiss could and should change the set list 
that's to actually deep cuts. That's a excellent, excellent observation. Because the point point being, if the fans don't know them, then you, then that gives you all the right to change them. And the people that are the diehards and has been supporting you over the years will enjoy Great it. Point. Great point. They will enjoy it, you know, for their pleasure. And if, especially if they put a watermark on it. Because surely it means that only three songs need to stay to keep the casual fans happy. Everything else could rotate. Okay, realistically, that would be too extreme. But why not at least go for the Metallica approach? Roughly yes. half the set remains the same. Yep. And the other half rotates. Yep. According to the Sydney Review, most of the audience wouldn't know the difference either way. And then you're keeping the hardcore fans happy. There's no excuse why they couldn't do this. So the only conclusion is because fuck them. That's why. There's also one other reason that we've talked about multiple times that takes way too much preparation and work. If you come out, if you come out and you do it like, like a Broadway show where it's completely scripted from A to Z and you just get out on stage and do that script. That's what they want to do. And that's fine. That's fine. If that's what they want to do, but it's, but that's why they're not rotating the set list. The problem is they've been doing this since fucking 2012, Tom. So the whole Paul thing and um, someone's going to change the cassette. Um, They weren't using that in 2012, 13, 14, 15. I don't know when they started to, but they were still playing the same songs. So uh, again, it goes to, I think that whether it's Paul and he just can't do it and he doesn't want to take chances or anything like that, but there's no reason why not change some gene songs or have Eric sing a song or I think they maybe just, Tommy do a song. Yeah. I think they re- honestly, I think they either underestimate the fans or they just, uh, we joke about the fuck them, you know, cause fuck them. That's why. But I, I, I mean, ultimately I, Explain to me why that isn't uh, one of the one of the most obvious answers. Because fuck them, that's why. It, yeah, it, because ultimately that's why. Yeah, that's why. It takes too much work and practice and timing to learn forty five songs or, or thirty five songs instead of eighteen songs. But they've never been lazy, right? But they're all. But they've also never been seventy. Yeah, but Tommy, so I'll, so I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. I'll play devil's advocate here. They're not going to spend all this time off rehearsing 30 different songs and then picking 18 of them. They're not going to do that. The problem is you and you kind of just hint at they they ne- they they never did that. They've never done that ever. Even okay. when they were in their 30s and 40s they weren't doing that. They're musicians. They're professionals. They've been doing this for fucking 50 years. Yeah. They should be able to pick up a fucking guitar and do it. They have competent. It's not Paul looking over and seeing Ace there. Hey, Ace, you remember how this goes? It's Tommy. But and it's not fucking Peter. He can't hit the things anymore, but it's, it's, the same, it's Eric. It, it's the same reason. Why make the Creatures of the Night box at 200 bucks? Because fuck them, we'll make it 300 and they'll buy it. So they're like, why should we spend our days off rehearsing 30 songs? Fuck them. They'll come and see us play the same 18. Because you're a fucking professional musician. Yes, they are. But you should enjoy what you fucking do. You mean to tell me, like, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Do it. All this shit about, oh, you know, uh, there's there's no money in making new music. Oh, I'm scared I'm competing with my old self. Every other musician is putting everything out is wrong, but you're correct. No, you don't want to put anything out because you don't want to put in either the effort. That's it. Or 
your voice can't do anything. No, right his now. voice his, in, a, in a studio, his voice, his voice could do anything you wanted in a studio. I'm just saying, dude, there's no you excuse. said it. They don't want to do it. They don't. It takes too much energy and effort. And they and Paul, with his fragile ego, cannot tolerate Rolling Stone giving a new Kiss album one star. Dude, he can't. It's he, so aggravating. You can't handle that. You're an artist. You find the urge to do. I want to do some. You know R and B music. I want to paint. Yep. Gene now is going to be painting. I want to do this. I want to do this. But you don't have the thing that people pay you money for. That was only if you get paid. You're fucking insulting everybody. Then, but they haven't been. But, uh, you're right. But they haven't been a creative band in over a decade. They're a full blown nostalgia. Yeah, 2012 monster. Yeah, right. They're a full blown nostalgia. But they'll put that it. energy and marketing and other shit, but not right. the music. Right. Of course, that's absolutely right. Because the, right, Just once I know, once I would love to have them sit down and then have us ask those those quite type of questions. Help me out. Help me understand. Are you just fucking lazy? Because I, you, that's one word I would never describe Paul, and I would never describe Gene as lazy people. No. I think Gene just sounds like an out of touch old man when he says, oh, there's no money in music. Nobody wants to hear X, Y and Z. Dude, every all these bands are still putting out new shit. Maybe they're not selling gold or platinum, but the fans love it. They you love his the new eyes material. light up when he talks about music and, other, yeah. and old artists or if he yeah. talks about old horror movies and he talks about things and he, he gets excited. So I know there's love there for this stuff. Yep. The fuck. I don't know if he's. Doing it to back Paul up because Paul's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I just got to put a unified front. Like we're not doing new music. It's just fucking stupid. I just think I I think they're old and I I, lazy is a very accusatory word, but I I don't. They're not lazy. They're hardworking people, but they're giving a lazy excuse. So Mm. anyways, there's our tangent for that. We haven't talked about that in a while, but good one. Thanks. Yeah. No fucking pissing me off now. Um, Kiss remasters films. Hey guys, hey guys. <laughs> I can't say hey guys. Hey guys, Bruce. Uh, every week with you guys, with every episode, gives me a good laugh. Nice. Not only are you guys funny and entertaining, but the content is really great too. A much deserved number one Kiss podcast. Keep smashing it, guys. Wow, thank you. That's awesome. Appreciate that, Mark Stewart. Guys, I love you. But I got to disagree on one thing. Kiss could bring back Eric and Bruce for a tour. You actually think that playing in makeup is where the money is? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. How much money do they need? They're in their 70s, for God's sake. Dude, do you even know Kiss, Mark? That, that, mean, the, the, those are two separate things about how much money do they need. That's not the question. The question is, it's all about the makeup. Shit, he goes, they'll be dead in 10 years. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> nice. Come on, fucking bite your tongue. Paul is out of his 70-year-old mind. You can't take it with you, Paul. Paul is in great shape. He's not going to be dead in 10 years unless he gets hit by a bus. Um, or he falls off his bike. <laughs> Mr. Antonio 2005. Just a thought. I believe Vinny trademarked Eric Carr Fox makeup. In his own a few years back. So it was part of the deal with the Creatures box set that the company producing, it will need to pay Vinny for the use of the images. Could this be a small part of the box set pricing increase along with other factors? It looks very impressive, this set. Here's the thing, John. 
if Vinny still owed that makeup, the Ankh Warrior, uh, why is he performing in it and not exactly the correct Ankh Warrior makeup? Right? He doesn't put it in the way it was when he was in Kiss. So he doesn't get in trouble. He's also talking about he's also talking about Vinny owning Eric Carr's makeup too. Yeah, but he says he trademarked Eric Carr's makeup and his own a few years back. Right. Okay. So if he owned his own, I'm just speaking for that part. Right. Of it, right. He wouldn't be doing that. And no, I don't think Vinny has anything to do with Eric Carr's makeup right now. I don't. But. Well, I would love somebody to explain to me why the box set is 300 when the destroyer one was 200. Because to- fuck them. That's why. Tom. Right. And it, and it gets fucking annoying coming up with that answer. But we created that response because it fits. <laughs> uh, Marty White. Oh, I played drums since I was in the fifth grade. I hate drum solos. Yep. Especially awful. drum solos played by bashers. I've played a drum solo twice in those 40 years. Once the dude in control of the band made me do a 12 bar solo. In between the first chorus and second verse of Birthday, one fucker of a shitty song by the Beatles. In rehearsal, I played something great, but as performance, I just played a basic ACDC beat to piss off the dude who made me do the solo. The second time I got pissed at the bassist who kept fucking up. So at the appropriate time, I started playing an angry solo, which got louder and anger as I went on. I got a huge applause at the end. What a bunch of twats, I thought. (laughs) What kind of a moron wants to hear a drum solo in a bar? Jesus, nice. Dude, who wants to hear a drum solo at all? Seriously. Good point. Anytime I think of a drum solo, I think of leaving the Bruins playoff games and going outside and the guys on the fucking uh, white buckets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Yep. yep. And uh, that's what I got from uh, the tube there, Tom. All right. We got a couple emails to get through. Uh, let's see here. Our buddy Craig Moran. Greetings to my favorite kiss and cruise tards with a podcast. Uh Oh, your rants about the cruise discounts and creatures of the night box set were great. And I agree with you both. It's a crime. They're not doing something for the people who are already paid full price. But as you said, unfortunately they have your money. If they didn't add another cruise, you'd have been perfectly content to pay what you did because you already did. They discount things only when it suits them. Which leads me to the Creatures box set. This is by far the best box set they've done, and they know it, which is why they have the $2.99 price tag. Comparing this to, in my opinion, the two gold standard box sets, Metallica's Black Album, $250, and Rush's Moving Pictures box set, $2.99, Creatures of the Night doesn't stack up, not even close. You already listed the Metallica contents. Rush's box set has three CDs, five LPs, a Blu-ray, and tons of other goodies. And it originally was on sale for $2.99, and it's on sale on Amazon for $1.99 right now. Creatures should be around $200, but as much as we all complain, we're all getting it for its bloated price tag. I'm pissed at them, but more so pissed at myself. One last thing, Zeus. I love Turn on the Night, but the only way that's getting played nowadays is if they pulled Todd Kearns up on stage for the vocals. Love the episode week after week. You guys are killing it. Cheers, Craig. Thank you, Craig. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm well aware and I'm living in reality that they're not playing Turn on the Night. Yeah. It was a wish list. Let's see here. Our buddy Wes. 
Gentlemen, always enjoy the mailbag episodes and hearing fellow KISS fans' queries in your colorful answers. Just want to say I'm right there with you, Zeus, on those horrible creatures t-shirts. <laughs> I thought they all looked amateurish. Where's the tank? Some excitement? Nothing on the back? Lazy. And like you, Tom, I ordered all the creatures recordings and even picked up a couple of creatures coffee mugs with their 20% off sale. Those were nice. Awaiting your next installment, Wes. Yeah, we love Wes. Now, the thing I want to say is supposedly those were replicas of the bootlegs. And that's why they're specifically made to look like that. That's why I like them. I think the artwork looks kind of fucked up. I think they're kind of cool looking, but that's okay. And then we wrap up feedback with a message from Mike Grimy Grimes. He writes, you guys are fucking hysterical and totally entertaining. Can't wait to delve into the archive. I'm good buddies with Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil. They have played it at my venue here in Nashville, the Basement East. And I saw Kiss on August 27, 1975 in Owensboro, Kentucky, when I was 11. And it 100% set my career path. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Mike Grimy Grimes. P.S. I have a record store also called Grimy's. And he wow. attaches the ticket stub from that show with the date. And the price of $5. Wow. So Mike Grimes is the co-owner of The Basement and Grimey's new and pre-loved music. He's located at 1604 8th Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. Uh, and The Basement East is at 917 Woodland Street in Nashville. Uh, check him out at grimies.com and thebasementnashville.com. And for that, Grimey... You are the comment of the week. Check them out online, or if you even live in that area, go check them out. I know we got listeners in that area, so tell us what you know about Grimies of the Basement. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Tom, what we do next is we give a shout-out to our Patreons. And Patreon is where people can come support the show help us out and uh with that they get some perks from us whether it be uh some merch some uh involvement in the show our arc album review uh crew pick is coming up so they will be involved in that and before you know it march madness will come around they'll be involved in that all this stuff is coming up and we always like to get our patreon uh subscribers who are vital to Shout it out loud cast. And this week we like to recognize our newest Patreon. His name is Josh Brown. Josh just jumped on and Josh, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Tom and I, we, we really appreciate your support for the show and all the members of Patreon. Again, Patreon goes to whether it be the website, mics, software that we buy, uh, hard drives that we have to buy to actually keep all our stuff. So I don't, uh, someday pull out the rest of my hair and look like Tom. If hey. everything, <laughs> if everything, if everything, all jokes, damn you. All right, let me get this out. <laughs> if everything vanishes and disappears, if our, our computer crashes or something like that, all this stuff is very helpful. Uh, it helps us try to grow the show, put the time in that this show deserves. 
And uh, thank you to Patreon, Josh Brown specifically for jumping on board. And if you want to help the show and we get this all the time, hey, how can I help you? How can you guys do more of this, do this and that? Well, Patreon is your best way of helping the show. And you can log on, go to the app, patreon.com, or the best way is go to our awesome website and see Patreon on the landing page. Click on that and then find a tier that you like and, and support the show. We, uh, we appreciate it. We thank you for that. And we hope that uh, you can come join the Patreon family, which is a real fun group. And uh, we actually have, Tom, when this comes out, we will have uh, had an episode where we did with all our Patreons, a live thing, where we're letting them in on some breaking news with Shout Out Loudcast. Because I'm sure all you guys and gals have seen that little image that we put out. You'll see what that's all about. Patreon members will know about it yesterday. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on when you listen. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys in Patreon will always get, you know, preferential treatment with us. And yep. we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are the best. Josh Brown, thank you so much for joining the family. Uh, huge help. As Zeus stated, it helps out with so many different things that go into the show. Uh, equipment, software, uh, all different things that are required to keep this show up and running to give you the show that you guys want, the show that we want to give you every week. So we thank you guys so much. The entire Patreon family special shout out this week to Josh Brown. Thank you, buddy. Tom, what's going on in Kiss World? Well, the tour is rolling along in uh, Australia. Uh, let's see. On September 10th, they'll be playing in the Gold Coast, Australia. Then they take a few weeks off and come back and do a show in Florida. Then they have those festivals, Louder Than Life in Kentucky, Aftershock in Sacramento. Uh, Then it's the cruise. Uh, So kind of quiet on the social media front from all the members. Uh, Not much action uh, happening there. Uh, By the time this episode drops, the new off the soundboard, Des Moines 77, will have dropped. Uh, That was kind of funny. Zeus and I had a little laugh. I'm like, do you know that that comes out this Friday? Um, and, and I was how like, did you order it? Oh, I'll get it next year. I got it from K. I got it from <laughs> KOL. Yeah. I, you reminded me. Yeah. So I went on Amazon, ordered, and it'll be here on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'll stream it anyways on my ride to work. So, uh, so that that's coming soon. Other than that, uh, again, kind of quiet, except for one thing. Let's, let's talk about this. We did mention, I think last week. Uh, on the day that this episode drops on September 10th, there is the Kiss Cancer Goodbye Fundraiser, uh, which is streaming live. You can go to um, Creatures Fest or Neil Davis uh, Facebook page and check out the information. Um, breaking news that Todd Kearns will be performing. But breaking news that's really not that breaking. Vinnie Vincent was scheduled to perform at this. Quote. Unfortunately, our dear friend Vinnie Vincent was also working on a special performance for the event, but the show he wanted to do ultimately had too many moving parts that could not be worked out by this weekend, so he is going to need to postpone his performance until another time. There's Vinnie. I I see it. And then a bunch of other people and podcasts and uh, Facebook groups jumped all over it. And why the hell do you want to do work with him? Why do you, uh, I, I get both sides of it because if you do get Vinny, it's very rare. So in order to get Vinny, you've got to give him that space 
and you don't make him feel that anxious that you boxed him in. And because you do that, you give him that out to be like, I'm just not feeling it. And then he's out. Now, at some point, somebody like Neil might be able to turn back and be like, you know what? I'm fucking done with you. Now, did Vinny guarantee or promise uh, Neil and the Creatures Fest crew? I don't know. Obviously, Neil is still calling him our friend Vinny. So personally, he's not that upset about it, seems like. But I also think that he's trying to keep Vinny close still. Because, again, nobody else can get this on. Nobody can get Vinny to do anything. And Neil is probably his only outlet. And he still wants to keep that afloat in case Vinny ever comes through. Other people are like, fuck him. <laughs> I'm all set. Dude, I don't know. How many times do you have to touch the hot stove before you realize it burns your hand when you do it? Come on. I mean, I understand he's friends, but stop. Enough. I like Neil. Neil's a nice guy. We met Vinny at the meet and greet. We talked about it. Vinny was very surprising and wonderful to chat with. But in terms of relying on him for booked events, uh, no, no. He's mixing business with pleasure. Can't do that. Yeah, and that's the problem. You can't box him in. And if you can't box him in, you keep giving him that out. And he's going to take it every single fucking time. And then you keep pissing off potential customers or or potential buyers or people involved with an event. They're going to be like, fuck this. His MO could be, well, we're getting closer to the date. Mm, I think you have you boxed in. What about if you pay me this now? I don't know. Nobody knows. But it seems like that, that would make sense. I've heard. Uh, our buddy Joe D'Angelo's talked about it. Oh, by the way, Cre- uh, Cruise Fest is coming up, and yep. uh, that go check out Cruise Fest. Uh, I think it's I don't know it's cruisefest.com. Joe D'Angelo, great guy, he always puts that on. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think we can make it in time there. No, but, no, but check it out. He always puts on a good show. Our, oh, yeah. uh, and Joe's a great guy, one of those guys that you want to do, you want to. You want to patronize his business and get and, yeah. and get involved. He's Joe's a great guy. And uh, I think uh, our, our friend Courtney Cronin, Spencer Cook, Kulik Lane, Simmons fucking tweed is going to be there. Our buddy Hal Sparks will be there. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure who else, but regardless, uh, he always does a good show. But I heard Joe talk about it. Like, this is the kind of stuff that he does. He sets up these things. He was going to do some marketing, uh, yep. sign some you know, distribute some of these guitars and everything. And then eventually he heard what he heard, what Joe was doing. And then he's like, yeah, I've decided to do it, but I don't need you. And Joe's like, what? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. You know, you think you could do it on your own, but you need professionals. Everybody thinks that, well, I can do it. on my Look, I get that shit too. I'm an attorney. I do a lot of bankruptcy work. Well, you know, I kind of think uh, you you go through the stuff you talk to them about, you get it all. And at the last minute, someone's like, well, I, I think I could do this on my own. Why should I pay you to do it? Okay, good fucking luck to you. Yeah. And then they fuck up and then they start scrambling around looking for an attorney to come clean it up. So when I get those calls from people, they're like, oh, I try to do this pro se, but I need, I'm like, fuck no, you fucked over some other attorney. I'm not cleaning up your mess. You want me to do it? I'm going to charge you fucking at least five to 500 or $1,000 more. Then I would have charged you originally because I'm cleaning up your fucking mess. Fuck off. Nice. I'm not dealing with that shit. And there anyways, you go. but uh and, and that's the problem. So I think some people have learned 
And then some people like think they still want to give him another chance. To each his own. We don't know that relationship. And if Neil does, Neil does. Good for him. I don't think it makes Neil a bad person because he keeps relying on him. Oh, no, I never said that. No, I just think it's. I, I'm not it's saying just, you did. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. he's been getting a lot of shit. Boy, yeah. why the fuck? Oh, well, like oh, I said, he it's canceled it's, on cancer kids. He didn't cancel on fucking cancer kids. No, that's a silly like way you know to what I mean. It. It's just yeah. everybody's so over the top. And uh, <laughs> if you heard us <laughs> ten minutes before this episode started, it was worse. Venting about sometimes yeah. this Kiss community, and it's not just Kiss, but it's like. Uh, rock fans and podcasts and social it's media. Any, it's any it's any community that shares an enjoyment of a certain topic. There's there's toxic, pain in the ass people involved. Facebook groups, yep. haters. Yep. Why do you like this? This fucking guy's an asshole. Yep. I met this guy once. I asked for his autograph, and he told me to fuck off, and he yep. kicked me in the fucking nuts. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Really? <laughs> I like him even more. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it, regardless, uh, if you do listen, it's free concert apparently. And if you can support the show, and I think they do some raffles or something, and go support Neil and the cancer event. Uh, yep. Creature's best is doing. So that's nice. Other than that, Tom, not much, Nothing. right? Nope. Nope. And so let's uh, get ready to talk about. Classic 78, Tom. But before we do, I'm going to go dancing with Santa Marin, the Prime Minister of Finland. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Well, we're back from the break, and uh, yeah, that didn't go the way we all thought it was with uh, Zeus and his fantasy lady there, so yikes. Her fucking uh, picket fence, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and the Prime Minister of Estonia. My triple threat. Oh, Oh, the three of them. MILF political leaders. Oh, jeez. There we go. Nice. Yes. So, Tom, uh, we talked with uh, Tom Higgins, local guy. Yes. Uh, from Malden, Massachusetts, town over from us in Medford and Arlington, Mass. Yep. And uh, we were talking about getting them on. We just try to find the right time to get Joe and Charlie on. Funny thing is the local guy was the guy we've never had on. Mm-hmm. But the two uh, other stars uh, were guys that we've had on before. And so we managed to make this work. And when we got them on, we didn't just want to, you know, have them tell us a little bit about the album. We wanted to break it fucking down. Yeah, we started with a little interview Q&A type stuff. And then we just got into like the Shout It Out Loudcast style, like album review, track by track breakdown. And it was incredible. So great to hear the in-depth details from all three of them. And you could see how much they loved this project and how much they love Kiss and working on it, writing it, producing it. it. It's a really exciting interview. And it's not just your standard interview with a band. This is a breakdown of an album, and we were really excited for it. When we talked, you could see the labor of love these guys had with this album. Totally. And it's funny because you're thinking, well, Charlie's the big star, right? Nope. There was no egos involved. They all had their part in this. Obviously, Tom was the originator, I believe, of this. And then you got Joe involved. And then on this Phantoms album, Charlie comes on. and Listen to them talking about this music stuff back and forth and these little nuggets of kiss like info. And as Charlie says, they were planting these things purposely, all these little Easter eggs. And guys, you're going to hear all about it in all this glory of these 70s kiss type songs all on this classic 78 Phantoms album. The discussion is awesome. And I think we should just cut right to it, right? Go for it. And by chance, if you have not heard the Phantoms album yet, pause this episode, buy it, listen to it. Because when we get to the track by track breakdown part of the interview, it'll really make it that much better if you're familiar with this music. Here's Classic 78. All right. So this week, we're excited for our special guests. We have from Classic 78. Tom Higgins, Joe McGinnis, and Charlie Benante. Joe and Charlie have been here before. This is Tom's first visit to Shout Out Loudcast, and we are excited to talk all things Classic 78. Welcome, guys, to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Good evening. evening. Charlie and Joe, welcome back, my friends. Awesome. Tom, great to see you for the first time. 
Thank you, guys. It's good to be here. I, we, Charlie and Joe and I haven't been able to chat in a while, so it's good that the three of us together with you guys today. Oh, too, so perfect. Excellent. See? Well, so we can lead them to the next album. Here you go. Right after exactly. this is yes. done, you guys can <laughs> yes. start back up again. Yes. Uh, guys, what we usually do when we have guests on, we do the Murph question, which is a couple of kiss questions for everybody. We never got to it for some reason. I think we were waiting for Chris to come on, Joe, last time. So we didn't think we had time, but we had about a half an hour to kill. Had we known then, we would have asked sure. you. And Charlie, I think we got right sure. into that kiss draft. We did a live kiss set list draft with Jericho. And of I course, remember. we didn't get on with him either. So it's all Chris's fault. It's all Chris's fault. It's always yeah. his fault. <laughs> all right. So these are really easy. I'm going to start with the, the newest person first on Shout Out Loud, and that's Tom. And then we'll go to Charlie and then Joe. So favorite kiss member. And that could be right now. It could be growing up. Whatever you want to say, I would have to say uh, it, it would it would be Ace. Ace is the reason why I I play guitar. Getting uh, and seeing those guys from the beginning, for some reason, this guy with the silver who didn't say anything but was playing all this great stuff. Just I zoomed in on that. So I'd, I'll go with Ace. I don't know about today because I don't really follow him too much in terms of seeing him live and whatnot. Okay, but back back in the day, he was undeniable. So he's my guy. All right. All right, Charlie, what about you? Um, I don't have a favorite member. I always liked the four of them as a a unit. So I wasn't a big Ace fan or a big Gene. I loved them all. Like the Beatles. There were four okay. of them and that's how it was. Did you did you get a friendship with any of the four more so than the others? Like Gene. by Gene. Gene. Okay. Gotcha. All right, Joe. You're up, buddy. Well, that's uh, it's a tough one for sure, like Charlie said. But I would have to pick Paul Stanley. Just Paul, uh, okay. Would, yeah, just uh, just an incredible talent all the way mm. around. You know what I mean? Singer, no songwriter. Um, just he has the whole thing going on. So, um, but yeah, that that's definitely my answer. For sure. Okay, uh, Gene's a close second. Gene's a close second. All right. Tom, how about your favorite Kiss song? And again, gr- growing up, right now, this week, whatever. Uh, today, I'd say King of the Nighttime World. That, uh, yeah, I, I, oh man, that song is just perfect in so many ways. Yes, great pick. I, I, I know, and I'm going to bring that up a little bit later because I think I have that on one of these songs. Because I'll tell you, this whole album, I'm like, dude, is that this? Is that this song? Is are they taking it from this? Is this what this? It, there's so much of that. That it drove me nuts. <laughs> that, but it, I think I heard it a couple times. I'll ask you about it. How about you, Charlie? Do you have anything that sticks out? I was just listening to Side Four of Alive Two, and All American Man came on, yes. and I had to, I had to crank it up a bit and just listen to it because that song is like, that's such a Paul song. Oh, Everything it's perfect about it. Yeah, it's yep. a great song. Yep, Joe. So this is a tricky one, and I don't want to get land based too hard because I'm. Uh, if <laughs> I'm you say Shandy, a, we're disconnecting. No, it's, it's not Shandy. I promise you. Okay. But you know, it's weird because I look at you know Kiss in so many uh, you know sections. You know, you have so oh, many yeah. great eras. Um, obviously, it, the it, the four original members being the strongest. You know, uh, but you know, I don't know. It changes week to week. Uh, I don't know. I've been listening to Creatures of the Night lately. Um, okay. I don't know. 
probably something off that album. I don't have a definitive answer right now. It's it's a hard question to answer. It's a hard question. All right, we'll take the title track. I got to throw something down. We'll say the title track. Is that (laughs) for you? There you go. All right, then this is going to be pretty pretty tough as well. You have a favorite Kiss album, Tom? Uh, yeah. You know, I have to keep the first record. I, I, I really love that record and I bounce between that and rock and roll over a lot, but rock and roll over uh, to me is kiss captured at their pinnacle being themselves and, and rock and roll over always does it for me. That seems that to be the, one of the most popular answers. Every time we do these thought. questions with guests that, that, yeah. that seems that's probably the most votes. Yeah. Char- Charlie, what about you? Favorite kiss it's album? A, it's always been rock and roll over. Always. Okay. Joe. Uh, uh, once again, a very tough one. Uh, my favorite makeup album. Is okay. Rock and roll over. Wow. All right. We'll go with that. Uh, okay. All right. Rock and roll over. That's always perfect. a big winner for everybody. All right. Now, this is going to be a little tough for Charlie, but uh, how many Kiss concerts have you been to, Tom? I, I, I thought about this the other day. I think I've been to 15. Okay. Possibly, possibly uh, 16 or 17, if you include like... Uh, the the unplugged uh, convention oh thing. the convention yep oh were they, you that were you there in you in Boston yeah I was at that yeah so was I, so was I yeah yep. that was that was fun yeah um but I, I really don't count that but basically fifteen sixteen okay now Charlie how many shows have you been to as as a as a guest in the stands like not 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 a not a, not um, touring with the band but just like sitting in the stands or the bleachers wherever you know whatever would you guess about eight eight ten maybe. Okay. All right. Something like that. All right. Um, and then, and then after that, of course, I saw them every night on the tour. So right. that was like 20 something shows and then festivals. And after yep. that, you know, Jesus. so yep. it's, it's quite a bit, you know, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Stuff. Joe, All what right. about you? Uh, I've seen kiss eight or nine times. Uh, I think it's about eight, but I've okay. also seen some other cool things, seen them on good morning America. Because mm-hmm. I was in the studio audience for that. Oh wow! You know, so that's I've cool. Seen some cool stuff. Nice. Uh, but yeah, in concert about eight or nine times. I think it's eight. Oh. Okay. All right, last one, then we'll get to the all the classic '78 stuff. So, do you have a favorite Kiss memory? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's 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 quite a few, but I, I think the uh, one of them is is finding out about them for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the, the older kids in my neighborhood, you know, the neighborhood is very tight. All the houses are close together. Oh, so yeah. I was about I was about six. All the teenagers were hanging out, smoking and drinking or whatever the hell they were doing. And they were they were cranking some tunes on the corner with their eight portable eight track player. And uh, I came over and I was like, what is this? And it was Flaming Youth was playing on the on the oh, thing. Wow. And I came over to see what they were playing. And the, and the alive uh, eight track was on the ground next to the next to the eight track player. So I was like, I was like, what, what is this? And they said, the, the music that you're hearing is by these guys that you're looking at. This is a rock and roll band. And that's, that was, that, that was my intro into the whole thing. And then I followed all of them around for the next, you know, six months asking them all about kiss and, you know, are they coming? I, I always tell this to people. I, I always thought that kiss was playing at Boston garden every weekend. I didn't know how it worked, you know, <laughs> but I was too young to go anyway, but I kept asking all the older kids figuring they knew, you know, but anyways, nice. that's my that's my first introduction, my 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 memory that I can think of right now. Nice, Charlie. 
Wait, what was the question again? So your favorite your, memory, your fa- favorite kiss memory. It could be as a kid. It could be now as playing a, with them, playing with, with them, them, whatever. Like meeting Gene. I don't know. Whatever you there, want. Um, oh man, there's a lot of them. One time we were we were doing this uh, guitar magazine shoot. Okay. And they were doing an, an interview with all of us and kiss. And then after that, we went to get lunch and, um, I'll never forget this is because it's twofold. Um, and we sit down and it was about one o'clock. It was after breakfast and all of us wanted breakfast cause we woke up late and you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and the waitress said, no, we stopped serving breakfast. And then Jean, I'll never forget. He had the menu like this. And she said that <laughs> we lowered the menu and he looks up and he's like, do you have eggs back there? And she's like, yes. And he's like, is there a grill back there? And she's like, yes, of course. And he's like, then you can make a scrambled egg back there or a fried egg. Please call your manager. And then the manager comes over and he got us breakfast. There you <laughs> go. The power of Gene. That's an amazing story. That's, I, I, I can so visualize him doing it too. Get wow. back there and make me an omelet. <laughs> you know, in that gene, that gene way. But then after we went back to, we were rehearsing at Mates because we were going on tour after that. And um, Gene and Paul came in and we were talking and then Paul put a guitar on and we started playing songs, old songs. You know what mm. I mean? And he, wow. he knew every song. Gene wouldn't get up and sing. He was just like laughing because we all <laughs> knew that I knew the songs. Paul and I were just going bang one after another. And it was just like one of wow. those experiences, you know, it was that's like so eggs. Cool. And then that. <laughs> wow. that that's a memory. That's a memory. It's awesome. Joe, what about you, buddy? Favorite kiss memory? Uh, you know, I'm being a kid and learning about this band is like Tom said, is absolutely, you know, there's something about it that was just yeah. magic. Yeah. You know, uh, you have no clue who they are. You see them. My older brother had the solo albums on his wall. Mm-hmm. He had the vinyl, you know, and just, I remember being terrified of Gene, but so curious of like, who the hell, you know, are me. these guys? And, um, and I just thought that was just so cool. But later on, he handed me a cassette and it was Paul's solo album. And I just remember being so excited listening to love and chains over and over and over and over. And mm-hmm. like feeling like I had to know everything about this band. Um, so, you know, the early memories of discovering them, you know, was magical in my, my eyes, but, uh, you know, meeting them obviously at some point later on oh, down yeah. the road yeah. was very cool too. Nice. Nice. Awesome. All right. Let's get into some classic 78. So we haven't had you guys on before to talk about this. Um, obviously the new record phantoms. So let, let's start Tom. If you want to kind of start, tell, tell us a little bit of a, a quick story about, the origins of classic 70, how you came to this point, how Joe and Charlie, like, and how you guys are where you are right now. Sure. A a few years back, um, just for the, for the hell of it, I I wanted to see being a, such a big fan of the, of of the band since the seventies and just loving that stuff and learning it. I was, I was learning that as I was learning how to play guitar and learning how to sing and uh, all that stuff. It never occurred to me to ever, I've written songs for myself, original material and whatnot, but it never occurred to me ever to try to write a kiss song. If like, if I tried to write a kiss song, what would it, what would I come up with? Mm. So just for the hell of it, I, I thought about it and I came up with some bits and pieces and put down reference vocals. And I was like, wow, this sounds pretty, 
pretty cool. And then I would play it to my friends who were Kiss fans, and they were they were they were thinking it was uh, unreleased demos or you know outtakes <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So my buddy uh, Rory, who I grew up with, uh, he um, great drummer. He, he's been a friend of mine for almost forty years. And uh, I asked him. I said, "Hey, listen, I got these songs. You know, I was thinking maybe we could cut them, try to do it like Kiss would do it in terms of parts and feel and style. If we can get uh, if we can get somebody who sounds like Paul, you know." I can cover the Gene and Ace vocals and, you know, we'll figure out a Peter situation and whatnot, but maybe we could record some of the stuff and then release it just to, you know, anonymously just to see, put it out there and see how people respond just because it was fun and it sounded cool. Mm -hmm. So um, he was like, yeah, let's do that. So uh, we started cutting some tracks and in the meantime, uh, trying to find a, a Paul, I, uh, I reached out to Joe. I saw some stuff he posted online years ago of him uh, it was just audio of him doing like a hundred thousand years and uh, uh uh tonight you belong to me and i think modern day delilah as well and i was like this guy has got the paul vibe down big time so uh we had already done some of the initial demos so i i reached out to him told him what we were doing sent him a couple demos of a, of a gene thing and i think maybe uh a paul thing with my reference vocal on it which doesn't sound anything like paul but just to give him an idea of what he'd be singing to and uh, he jumped right on. He, he dug it and said, yeah, I'd love to be part of it. And, and that's how uh, that's how that started. So um, Rory and Joe and I finished six songs that we were going to release. We released them in February of 2017 anonymously, just created a website, created a Facebook page, posted on some Kiss sites. And then the Kiss fan base just shared it and shared it and shared it and shared it and, you know, buying up the album and, Charlie heard about it probably within a week of it being released. And uh, he started, you know, posting nice things about us on Twitter and, you know, his social media. And he reached out to Joe, he reached out to us and, you know, um, you know, supporting us. You know, I, I, I think this is funny and I, I've said this before, but Charlie would be on the road and he'd have meet and greets and the, his meet and greet was really be a classic 78 listening party. Cause he's playing hard. <laughs> have you heard this? It, it have them listen to it. Yeah. yeah right. Nice. So, uh, so that was cool. So Charlie was supportive as a fan and as someone who appreciated what we were doing the whole time. Hmm. So anyways, the first record did so well that we said, Hey, if we can do a second one that was just as good, if not a little better, let's, let's try that. And if, and if we feel that strongly about it, we'll release it. So eight months later we had side two and uh, you know, the more of the, more of the same, we did the same thing. We didn't announce it just on like the day before Halloween. Boom. We just did a blast and everybody, the frenzy happened all over again, you know? So shortly after that, our drummer Rory, he really, he didn't really, he didn't really, uh, he didn't particularly enjoy the, the process of the last session. I think he felt it was a little too rushed and, I, I, I was kind of pushing the ball down the field a little too fast. And I, and I don't think he really enjoyed it. And it seemed more like a session to him. He's a massive Kiss fan and a massive Peter fan. So after we were done with that, I just said, listen, you know, we don't have to do this together anymore. And we had been in bands together for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I was always the the, the manager or the, the primary musical director or the tour manager or the production manager, whatever it was, no matter what we were doing. And stuff runs its course after a while. You don't want to, you know, run it into the ground where it becomes an issue with the friendship and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. anyways, uh, to make a long story longer, I kind of, I had some stuff. I kept writing stuff and I didn't want to. I didn't know if I wanted to do another record. The fans loved it. Joe was 
you know, loved it. And the, the, the fans were giving us a, a great response. And even Rory loved the adulation of getting the response to both records. But I kind of wanted to take a break because I wasn't sure if I wanted to move forward. So I took 2018 and most of 2019 off. And, and in the meantime, Joe and Charlie uh, met at an Anthrax show. And I guess, uh, Joe, you want to pick that up from there? Yeah, uh, I actually... Uh, saw Charlie uh, in Albany, New York with Anthrax and um, you know, first time meeting him in person, uh, you know, we talked kiss and then all that great stuff, you know, how can you not? And I <laughs> just said in passing, you know, we're thinking about doing more stuff and we, we're going to need a drummer. I don't know if that's something you're interested in or not. We had tossed around the idea of potentially having numerous drummers and guest, you know, spots. And um, he said, I want to do them all. And I said, I am 110% <laughs> awesome. okay with that. Um, and, and and me being a huge uh, fan of Charlie and what he's done, actually, has, in my opinion, Anthrax has done uh, the best Kiss covers ever. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys have heard them. Uh, yeah, of course, we agree. Of course. We incredible, agree. incredible stuff. For, yes, they're awesome. Know, being a kid oh. listening. And then uh, I was just blown away. Um, so I knew his passion for the music and, you know, we hit it off and I ran it by Tom. I said, you know, I kind of said to Charlie that, uh, you know, kind of let the cat out of the bag, the cat man out of the bag. So to speak. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so then it was kind of, um, you know, just a matter of working things out and logistics on how we'd record it. And, um, and here we are. Wow, that's awesome! Now I I gotta tell you, I, we we're late in the, in the classic seventy eight stuff. So I've heard about it. I never heard the music, and then when Phantoms came out, everybody was like, "Oh my god, you guys got to hear this!" Got to hear. I'm like, "All right, we'll hear it. Relax." Now, mind you, we didn't know the people behind it. We certainly didn't know Charlie, and I think you were already on our show, and we had no idea you had anything to do with this at all at that point. Yeah. The one thing I remembered, though, is during that whole quarantine thing, Charlie did this awesome thing. I think you and Jericho, both you guys utilized that time better than any other musician that I that I like and I follow on social media. You guys did a lot with that time and you guys did a Mr. Speed cover. Oh, incredible. And, and, and the thing about it that I'll never forget is I'm like. How the fuck did he get? Oh, so they, they just used Paul's voice. Oh, they must be going <laughs> over a, yeah. a live cut of Paul, like a demo or something, because that's not Paul, because who's doing that? Because there's yeah. no way that's Paul. And I, I just, I, I, I was just blown away. And then when someone said it was you, Joe, I was like, there's no fucking way that sounds like him. That's, that, <laughs> that's exactly him. And so when this thing came up to be, and I'm like, oh, Charlie's part of this. And I started listening to this. I was like, I get what the, you know, the hoopla is all about and why all the Kiss fans are ecstatic. This is something that I, I know I'll say personally, I've always wondered if people really like early rock and roll, like the fifties, Elvis, Chuck Berry, things like that. I'm always like, why can't people just create music like that? Cause we all love that, those songs, but how do you get that vibe? How do you get that sound? How do you get you guys just did that with kids in the seventies, which is amazing. And in and of itself, never mind just the vocals, but the sound quality, you would have no idea. You're right. This sounds like demos. 
in 78, except the production's better. Um, it's yeah, the, amazing. Yeah, amazing. the thing the thing that stood out to me listening to Phantoms was obviously, I mean, the vocals, you know, with Joe do it with Paul and Tom, just absolutely, you guys just crushing the Gene, the Ace, the Paul. But like Zeus said, the thing that really, really like just blew me away was the you captured the sonics of that, you know, that rock and roll over love gun, that 76, 78 era. I mean, Charlie with like with Peter's the snare drum even was like exact, like it was perfect. The, 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 the guitar tone, just the overall production is just, it's just stunning. I mean, you really, I mean, for diehard kiss fans, it, it was, it was, it was such a treat. I mean, the, the, the classic 78 side one side two, those were great, but phantoms, was just was just spectacular. Can you tell us a little bit about our or Charlie like capture? I mean, for you, for a drummer like you, it's it's probably as easy as pie. But tell people like us, how do you get? What did you do to those drums to get them to sound exactly like what Peter was doing? You know, on rock and roll over love gun that type of stuff there because because it's 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 perfect. Well, it's uh, we talked about this a lot about how you know it was going to be recorded and the technique and the 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 vibe and all that stuff and the most important important thing was the snare drum sound because Peter has a very identifiable snare drum sound Absolutely. on Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun. Yep. Um so that is the sound that I heard these songs have basically. And what I did was I had an older kit and I took the bottom heads off um and we mic'd it in a certain way that was very 70s kind of lo-fi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, we experimented a lot, you know, me and uh, our engineer, Awesome, he he really helped out a lot. And um, just as soon as we got the tones right, then it was up to me to kind of channel that Peter Chris <laughs> vibe. Yeah. And it's like, well, I couldn't play the song like I would because it, it may be a bit too much. So I kind of had to pull it back. and like, what would Peter do here? Mm-hmm. Well, he would definitely do a snare drum roll. That's Peter Chris, you know. Sure. P- Peter would never do like a triplet. Like, right. You know what I mean? He wouldn't do stuff like that. He was more swing, you know, mm-hmm. rolls. And and that's what I did. So um, we spoke about this a lot, actually, Tom and I. And um, just capturing that vibe and capturing that sound. Because if we got that on tape, well, then we were half the way there. Did yeah, you have I mean, a, a more of an appreciation of Peter's skill after trying to replicate it? Because if, if as a musician, Peter gets the most shit for saying, oh, Peter Chris is a drummer and this and that. But what do you I've think? Never, I've never said a, a bad thing about Peter Chris. So it wasn't, I've always loved him. I thought he was, when I first started listening to Kiss, I thought he was the real musician in the band. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and uh, he had the best voice too. God, he's mm. so awesome. <laughs> See now, Peter. Everyone knows that listen to the show. He's my guy. He's my favorite, and I always try to stick up for him. And a lot of people, but I, you know what? You and Joey Casada have been on here so many times. Just always sing his praise, and I'm like, fuck the rest of you idiots. I'll listen to the <laughs> drummers that are telling me how good he is, you know, and they all pick up, Oh, oh, by 79 and 80, you know, he was done. He couldn't play. And Paul always gives him shots and on in interviews and stuff. But I I trust you guys telling me 
that no, no, he had his own style and he was a very good drummer. Right. From, from like 75 to 77, those years, Peter Chris made such a, uh, a, you know, a mark on, on me that, uh, I'll never forget it. And I always say that those that period means the most to me. Peter's mm-hmm. playing there was that hundred thousand years solo on alive to this day is is fucking awesome. Mm, that's so great. Listening to the first song on Phantoms. So show me your love. So it's it's interesting because it's almost like you're channeling like a little bit of like like black diamond, and then it just kicks into like your version of you know, I stole your love kind of, kind of vibe there. Like, it, like it's, I mean, that's what I got to. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's, and, 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 and you could see the smile on Zeus and I faces. Cause I, this, that's what you guys did. You, 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 you didn't just, you weren't a kiss cover band. You wrote original material, but recorded it and played it the way that that classic era band did it. And it's, it's just outstanding. Joe, tell us a little bit about, like, like what you like working on the guitar tone and my God, when you started singing, I was like, that's, that's Paul. St- that is incredible. You, it, it, it is incredible. And, and Tom, we'll get to you and the Gene and a stuff too, but, but Joe, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what, a, what a great opening track to phantoms. Yeah. You know what I was going on for as far as the acoustic intro, uh, clearly like you picked up on, you know, there's black, Act Diamond, I want you. you tonight. You belong to me tonight. Um, you belong Paul to me. Has, yep. Paul has, has just such a knack of making these, you know, you know, just such a knack for making things just, you know, feel so compassionate, but then hit you right in the chest with, you know, with the fist. It's just like from soft, you know, to loud. And mm. I think the contrast of that really kind of uh, captures that vibe. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had tossed that idea around, you know, what if we started it with an acoustic intro, you know, we're like, are we going to get some shit for that? You know, or, but I think at the end of the day, anyone who's a tried and true seventies kiss fan is going to listen to it and kind of understand where we were coming from. Uh, you know, it was weird. Tom said, uh, well, this is kind of what I was thinking for an intro. And I was like, all right, I'll mess around with it. And uh, I think I did that within like 45 minutes. It was complete. And then we cut the rest of the song separately. Um, Another side note, uh, during the song, uh, I Stole Your Love has split guitar solos, which is kind of a trivial fact. Some people don't realize. Yes, yes. But uh, I want you you to. There's a. Yes, I want you the same same kind of concept, you know, where a lot of people were a lot of people hadn't seen Paul do a a whole lot as far as soloing. So we kind of wanted to put that minutia into the song as well and kind of implant it. And uh, hopefully it worked, but uh, I'll let oh, Tom take over. Well, yeah. what's good. What's good about that is that when Joe says, I, you know, Tom said, Oh, here's what I was thinking in terms of the intro. All I did was send him the chorus of the electric part. You know, I just, I just played like a root note on a, you know, a clean guitar and sang the chorus. So it's the existing chorus of the song, but all the acoustic guitar parts that he built underneath that is what mm-hmm. makes it good. So when I gave him my idea, it was just a strummed chord and then me singing the chorus. So he could actually create the chords and the picking and the chord changes and all those built up, you know, acoustic uh, bits that sound like, uh, you know, sound like uh, just like the perfect intro. And then he harmonized it with himself on it. And just everything about that intro was perfect. And the way that it lines up with the electric part is just so smooth. 
and it just punches you right in the face. Mm. And then, and then the, the, like you said, the, the doing the, the two guitar solos with him on the front and me on the, on the, on the, on the, on the back of it. That's something that we had done on the first two records. So that was cool for us to do. So, you know, he got his stamp on the vocals all over that song. He, he built up that acoustic intro and we both got to share the lead on that. And, you know, uh, he does this really cool Paul type of lead, you know, as you know, Joe can play anything from mm-hmm. chicken picking to, to Ingrid Malmstein. So <laughs> he played what you did like Charlie did. What would Paul do? Not, yeah. what, not what, what, what can I do as a player, but what would Paul do? And that's what he did. And then he hands it off to me and I go right into this Jimmy Page, Ace Freely 75 rip, you know, mm. and it was just, it was fucking great, you know? So that was something that uh, we thought would be a good way to start the album because that, that, that beautiful intro is not too long where you feel like you're, you're, you're sitting through something before mm. the exciting part gets there. It's the perfect amount of time. And then we punch you right in the face. It's mm-hmm. great. Now, yep. the thing is that I look at is you three each put your stamp on the song and the three members. Like I can tell the Peter Chris groove on the drums on there right yep. off the bat. I picked yep. up on the two solos and the second solo. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's ace ripping. And, and, and I got to say those Paul Stanley Stanley type outro vocals you're doing is oh. it's just like I'm telling you it's you uncanny it from a live album of of Paul's the the what was it the one that um the all right all that all rights you do and then show me show me at the end holy shit buddy yeah. it sounds just like Paul and I'm like so when I first hey. listened to this I'm like holy shit is this like uh, my mind's going to explode with all the thoughts of going oh that's this that's this that's this and this is only song that's one that's so let's go to song two. And uh, I, I guess the demon comes into this, right? Right. And I couldn't believe that you do both Gene and Ace parts because they both sound perfect. That's amazing, Tom. Thanks, that's, thanks. that's amazing. I, I, will, I will tell you this. Real, real, so Fever Dream, honestly, when I, I, I texted Zeus when we first got a hold of Phantoms, I said, this may be literally like the greatest like, the greatest unreleased track ever. Like, like, if, like, I'm, I'm picturing, I'm picturing Gene listening to this, being like, "Holy shit, this is it, this." It, you guys nailed. Obviously, the vocals are just uncanny, but the but the melody, like, you could tell the difference between a Gene song and and, and a Paul song most of the time. Um, but just just like another thing, just incredible stuff. It, it's just it's it's really impressive for for diehards like us. Yeah, I want to jump in on one thing. You even did the gene hot. Yeah, that, oh, that, yeah. that I was like, oh shit, there's another hot that gene gets to do. Yeah, this has that a, was, a go, um, go ahead. Say, this is has a lot of a plaster caster feel mm-hmm. right to the end and the outro is the plaster caster out out. Yeah, yeah. Am I correct on that? You are 100%. This is fun for me. So you're 100. You're 100. See now, this is this is what's interesting. Is like we don't we don't say let's write plaster caster two no. or let's write you know deuce two. You know, it's like okay, here's the track. I could go this way. I could that way. What haven't I done already? Or what haven't we done already? And I wanted to do that simmering cool vocal on the verses like he does in plaster caster. Yeah, and then open it up on the on the uh, on the on the choruses. So it's got it has that character to it. To me, that song I happen to feel the same way. It's the perfect three minute Gene song, Mm -hmm. and and that's and that's what you know uh, was the goal in in writing it. And I think it was one of the first songs that Charlie got 
Yeah. Uh, and he, I'll, I'll say this about Charlie. Uh, when he, when he got on board, he, he didn't, like he said before, he didn't want to say what would Charlie Benante sound like playing on this. He put on the, the hat and he knew what was going on and he just dove right into these songs. And, <laughs> the whiskey. You know, when, I, when I gave him the first, because after Joe said, hey, Charlie would really like to do this. And I said, well, let me send him a couple of things. So I sent him two things. I said, listen, if you'd like to play on one or two of these, you know, let me know if you like either one or, or if not, no worries. And he says, uh, I love these both. I want to play on everything. He hasn't, he hasn't heard the rest of it, but he wanted to play on everything. But because he got the song right and he got some of the, the feelings that you guys got when you listened to it, and he heard what was on the, 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 the scratch tracks and, and, and knew, oh, I can, I, can, I can hear a hundred things that Peter would do on this, or, and which it's just a matter of which Peter choices he wanted to make. You know? So that was, that was good because, you know, uh, again, we're not trying to write part two of the songs. We're just trying to capture – get a good melody or a good chorus idea or a good verse uh, 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 lyric and try to find out where does it fit? Is this a Gene song? Is this an A song? Does this title sound more like a, a Paul song, you know? And then how do we build that up to make it, you know, what it's supposed to be? And then add these little ornamental things on that to just hook you guys in. Aside from the hooks that are already there, this is something that I'm very proud of is I think a lot of, most of the choruses have hooks, you know, you're going to oh, be singing no songs and you didn't even know you're like, what am I singing? Oh, it's that classic 78 thing. Right. And that's and then we hook on these kiss centric bits and pieces, like if, if it's an accented snare or Joe doing the whoa, whoa's or <laughs> a, a lick or whatever or a bass slide, boom, whatever. It all makes sense because it sounds so familiar, but it's fresh, you know. And you used a couple of the different Gene voices. So you didn't just stick with demon voice. You used that kind of like ladies room plaster caster yeah. beginning of this song and then brought it down. And then the demon voice can come out at times, which I love. We, we, me and Tom have that. Oh, this is Gene doing his Beatles type song. This is Gene with the demon. Right. And he's got that different vocal style and you hit it right off the top. Right. When uh, fever dream begins. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. But that, we 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 like that one. And and, and Tom, you're you're a Gene guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we pre- I, I appreciate that coming from you, especially. You oh, know? totally. And one and one thing I noticed about this song, obviously, it's a different type of song from "Show Me Your Love" or "Fever Pitch." Uh, Fever Pitch, Fever Dream. It's actually a lot different than a lot of stuff on the album. But Charlie, I really noticed the Peter, the the real mid tempo groove that peter excelled at on on this song on fever dream you could especially during the verses you yeah, the, the, the way, the way, yeah it was it was it was, it was it was just like i said it's 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 just amazing that like like zoo said somebody out there doing kiss songs but making but original material um and just a one-two punch of this w- w- was great it's just it's, re- it's, it's really amazing stuff well when he sent me that song, that was the first one. And as soon as I heard it, I immediately had ideas like, well, this song yep. to me should have been on Love Gun. So yep. I approached it ah. in that way that uh, it should have been on Love Gun. So on Love Gun, Peter does a few things. He plays the cowbell with a tom hit. He plays okay. a cowbell in the beat, but it's slightly off. It's not right on all the time. It kind okay. of fluctuates. So if you listen to Fever Dream, especially in the beginning, you'll hear that the cowbell is with the toms. Then it's a slight bit off at times, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how Peter did it. Yeah, that's, that's, awesome. a, that's amazing. Yep. All and right, Ace. Let's that hear right that one. Exactly oh. why, that right there is exactly why Charlie is the man for the job. 
Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> has those little things that a drummer's ears he can pick up on all this stuff it's just it's over my head right. but i trust him when he says whatever he's saying <laughs> that okay is that what peter is doing perfect but let's get to ace and holy shit man on uh smoke and mirror that whole nothing a days that is so <laughs> a 78 solo album that and then the phaser too. You start off with the phaser with the guitar. It's like this is like this is like a lost ace track. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it would have been perfect for his solo. Um, a little snow blind kind of stuff in there. I um the the voice, I just can't see how you can do Gene so well and then do Ace <laughs> just as good. Yeah, I, I used to sing a, a songs, you know, I would do Shock Me or New York Groove or Rip It Out or whatever. And and uh, so I kind of had a, a, a I kind of had that one in my back pocket it, do, when I when I was doing the initial demos and trying to do Gene songs. I sang a reference vocal and I purposely tried to sound like him. I never tried that before. And I was kind of in the ballpark. So I just kind of made the appropriate adjustments. So I was able to hit the target a bit more more on the gene vocal so i had i had both of them you know in, in a legitimate fashion you know and then i just improved on it as we would get to recording but you know the a songs i i i put a lot of effort into all the songs because i want people to 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 hear actual songs in here you know mm. oh yeah but but the a songs you know because his career since leaving kiss has been so up and down you know he's been dialed in and then he crashes and burns and then he just then he just goes into automatic pilot and all this you know he's ups and downs i want to capture when the guy was on point whether he had a couple beers in him or not <laughs> and that, that's what i do from 74 to from 73 to 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 78 that's what i'm trying to represent that's what i'm trying to showcase and it's not me that I want people to go, oh, I'll listen, listen to how good Tom is. I want them to go, oh, shit, that sounds just like Ace. How cool is that? Because Ace was fucking cool. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going for. So I'm trying to, when I do this, I try to put him in the best possible light or my influence that I've taken from him in the best part to show people this is what the guy did. This, you know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. just doing my best to try to, to capture him at his pinnacle. And uh, so, you know, when I write these songs, that this is what I'm doing. And it, it is the 78 solo album. It is a little yeah, bit of side four of a live too, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are important milestones for me and anything I can get. And that, you know, ballpark, I think is the sweet spot for, for the ACE stuff. Well, and, mm. you know, well, the, yeah. the other thing, the other thing to mention here is, you know, if you have someone like, uh, you know, mimicking or trying to sound like ACE and doing a song, great. But the writing and the crafty writing that Tom does, especially on this song, that's double entendre smoke and mirrors. Yep. Um, that right there just sells, you know, the sound of the instruments and the vocals that much more when you have the convincing songwriting. And uh, I think Tom nailed this one, you know, right out of the park. Uh, oh, I agree. I, brilliant. I agree with I agree with Joe because he, he he's like there's the ace character. And I think so much of that Ace character comes out in this song. Um, right. Like from start, start, as soon as I heard this song, I immediately thought, wow, yeah, I'm going to do it as Peter with a side of Anton. Um, mm. And the beat is 100,000 years. But then some of the other things are, are very Anton figgish, you know? Mm. Yep. And uh, I, I love, this is probably one of my favorite songs off the record because it's so much 
more of an ace song than an ace song is. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's well, true. It's true. Yeah. It's funny. And, and and another side note is it has nothing to do has nothing to do with space travel. Yeah, it has nothing to do with <laughs> you know any of that. But right. it's just an ace song, yep. and it translates. So, so pardon my ignorance here, but smoke and mirrors. Is that a, a a big little weed and cocaine kind of a song? Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. Help it's, again. Yeah. Yeah. Talking, I'm an attorney by day. This is in my field. You I'm weren't guessing. an you weren't an attorney your whole life. For like, come right. on now, yeah. relax. <laughs> Whatever. But I'm just saying. I yeah. just wanted to confirm that in my head. And yes, yeah. So the um the other thing I was going to say on this is the just the 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 accents on everything. You you did exactly uh, like the tip of the hat at ace in his prime and it, it's one of the things that if we look back at kiss could you imagine if they had 78 ace committed and dedicated for like three or four more albums oh, what God, a yeah. difference it would have made in the band's history because when i hear this i i, I almost think back like negatively like what the fuck because ace could have done shit like this within mm-hmm. kiss and we never got that opportunity because no offense, we didn't see him not too long ago, and we're not even talking about Creatures Fest. And uh, yikes, yeah. <laughs> yikes, we love Ace, but yikes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, and his singing right now is just hey, I'm Ace Fraley, <laughs> shock me, <laughs> like it's just like, oh, oh, thank god he's got a great band behind him, but uh, I wish the 78 Ace was more prevalent in Kiss's career because this is absolutely fantastic. So yeah. thanks. Thanks guys. Yeah. I want to, I want br- to bring yeah. up a couple. I want to bring up a couple of the songs here. Uh, the, another Gene song. Uh, oh, don't skip what, around. I want to go through these, all these. Oh, all right, go ahead. Go queen. Of Hearts, I want to hear Hearts, everything Paul. about these tracks. Go ahead. So go let's ahead. go to queen of hearts, queen of hearts, which is, uh, is it like a little she firehouse with the dual vocals, right? That is, uh, yeah, yeah. We kind of t- took that a little bit from "Love Roll I Can," where they did the, oh, the yeah, vocals. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. On the on the verses, rather than harmonize on the choruses, they ver- they harmonize on the verses, yeah. and that was an afterthought. Both Charlie and Joe suggested that, you know, not knowing the other one suggested it. So I figured if they're both saying uh-huh. it, then maybe we should do that. You know, mm-hmm. nailed it on that one. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a oh night. I, I just sticks in my head, Joe hitting that Paul Stanley, New York accent. I don't know. You're not oh, yeah. from there. Are you Joe? I'm not from, uh, no, I'm not from the city. You got a uh, down part. The, the yeah, funny down. thing is, the funny thing is with that, uh, you know, I'm obviously not Paul Stanley. Um, and I, oh. I can't always sound like him cause there's, he had some ridiculous range and it's such a unique voice. Uh, oh yeah. Um, you know, Peter's like like Charlie said. Peter probably has the best voice in oh, yeah. Kiss, but Paul Paul has the most unique. Um, you know, any day of the week. I mean, you can't. It's so hard to find someone that sounds like that, mm. um, especially back in those days when he did have that thick accent. And uh, so I'm not Paul by any means, but I try to capture that by doing the little nuances. But sometimes his range was a little too far. You know, out of my range you know as my comfort range um mm. but you know i try to throw that in there for that reason just to kind of sell it a little bit more because it's it's a tough voice to to mimic but you don't just mimic it you kind of channel it it works within the song 
It's yeah. not like, sure. okay, sure, right here, you play the song and then you go back to it and you're like, all right, let me throw a couple things that sound like Paul. No, no, no. It's in the song and you kind of feel it and right. it comes out naturally. Right. At least that's how it sounds. It doesn't sound Thanks. forced. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a few lines occasionally where I, I really trying to like get it because like, like I said, it is hard, but overall you're right. I would agree with that. You know, I channel it. I just kind of, kind of get into that uh vibe you know just and it's like, the early paul voice that you're doing the early new yeah, york absolutely when you oh, say yeah. something like keep you satisfied all that <laughs> stuff it's just it, it, it works it one really the, does one of the good things about this too is is when you talk about joe selling the vocal is that you know when we write these songs like the vocal melodies are new they're not vocal melodies that kiss have done it's right. just that so he's trying to sing a a Paul vocal over a melody that isn't the same melody as a song that Kiss had actually done before, mm -hmm. you know. So he's and you're getting and you're convinced it feels that that it's perfect and that he's doing it. So he's got that extra hurdle in there. It's not like oh, just sing the melody to this song is written to the melody of, of rock bottom. So go ahead and yeah. do it. He's actually got to say, what would Paul do with this melody? Mm -hmm. You know, not that the melody is out of this world. It's just that he has no frame of reference other than what Paul's voice sounds like. So he's got to get the delivery and the, and the syllable emphasis and the, you know, when, when he's going to punch it up or, or take it somewhere else. So even though he gets these, uh, you know, reference tracks with basic melodies, he's got to interpret it and take it to where Paul would take it. And then the final result, the way you got, when you and when Tom and you and Zeus hear this and you go, shit, he's nailing that. That's what Charlie and I are hearing and, you know, everybody else. Joe's mm -hmm. thinking about maybe how I had to really work on that pre-chorus or something like that because he's he's trying to be perfect, you know? Yep. But the end result is undeniable. It's not easy it to do to do yeah. that and you know i'm proud of what everybody does on on, on this record you know and I, I think it's what's cool is serving the song you know mm -hmm. with those personalities and that style and and everybody everybody really uh really uh put it 100 percent in and, and uh it you know this is another example of that actually with this song uh the riff is kind of like a rock and roll over paul stanley solo album type of riff charlie caught on that right away I, the bass line is kind of based off of a Paul Stanley solo album song, Goodbye, but I didn't want to commit totally. I wanted to do something similar to that. And then Charlie cut the track and put in the, the kick drum that made me have to go back and actually do it more like Goodbye. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, so Charlie's like, it was Charlie's way of, instead of saying, I think we should do this. He's just, I'm going to put this kick drum in here and Tom's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then we, and then we come up with those things. And then we got the acapella section in the middle with Joe. And then we got the phase drum fill, you know, there was, there was a, lot going on in this song with everybody's input you know and and some people go oh i don't i don't know what they're referencing here but this is a really good song and to me i hear a bunch of kiss things going on and it doesn't really matter who hears it one way or the other as long as you're in, you're enjoying it but this is a, another instance where everybody kind of threw in their uh their their ideas and and whatnot you know you got a very kick-ass a solo in there too thank you yeah. yeah that's that's a really good solo in that song yeah. too but um what I was going to say was a lot of times the way I kind of hear it, or these are like little Easter eggs that you could either try and figure out where they came from, or you could just let them go. But yep. for the most part, 
we purposely put Easter eggs in certain parts. You know, yeah, I love that. Totally love that. Yep. I love it. It makes it more exciting because every time you listen to every it, time you listen, you, you, pick, you up. pick up something new. That's right. Which is great. Yeah. Well, yep. Tom, yeah. let's hit your favorite song on that because I think this is the one that I think you jumped on, right? Well, Am fever. It's, well, I'm a gene guy, but but fever dream. I sang the prayer, but what you're gonna do is just this is like the like the real like kind of sleazy like demon song and i think it i think obviously <laughs> tom's vocals carry but charlie's groove with what he's doing with the drums there yeah it's just a real it, you could just you can you can picture gene like singing this like like just the, like his it, it's it's like that just that lurking kind of like menacing gene track but just kind of it, it's it's just it's it, it's just got that vibe and i think really charlie's charlie's drums really carry that through there it's just it's it's a it's another nail nail one there for for a gene song wow go ahead charlie thank you no that's <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs too uh, yeah i think the the way tom wrote this song and especially that pre-chorus you know, oh yeah take a little time you know, that's such such a great pre-chorus and it sets up the chorus so so kiss like you know but uh, i mean i definitely heard this song and i definitely thought side four of alive too you know mm -hmm. it's got to be big yeah. it's got to sound like a monster it's got to sound like it's got to be larger than life you know yep. that's what i put down larger exactly. than life yeah me too that's what it sounds like that's the <laughs> that's the vibe it gives off in the yep. drumming on this and the cowbell and the snare going uh dude you guys just hit this one out and then another awesome solo as well on this one but Thank I just you. love the the chorus on it, and Tom is abs Tom shout out loudcast. Tom is right. <laughs> uh, it's just got that menacing gene kind of, and you can picture the video that we see sometimes when we see love him and leave him. That look that he's doing, and you can totally <laughs> see him jumping in and doing like, okay, cut after love him, leave him. Now we're gonna do what you're gonna do, the same thing. And yep. he's like menacing. <laughs> It fits perfect. It's a see, great that, song. That see that that that's perfect, and and this is this is what I hope happens to everybody who listens to this stuff. I mean, if you get if you just enjoy the song, that's great. But if I say this all the time, I don't want you to think about me, or this Higgins guy, or or <laughs> Joe, or Charlie, or or whoever. I want you to think about that love him and leave him thing. I want you to think about the alive booklet. I want you to think about staring at that peter chris solo album or whatever yep. it is you know yep. Yep. those are the things that i'm hoping these this this music conjures up because that's what we're trying to accentuate you know and uh what, so that's great more, to hear you to oh, hey, say that you know but in, in, real quick yeah. on this song uh joe joe mixed the first batch of songs and this was one of the songs he he, he mixed um we ended up doing uh charlie and i and a friend of mine ended up doing a, a more comprehensive uh, drum mix on the whole record but joe had mixed the, the guitars and the bass and the vocals and all the panning and all that joe put that together and that became the template for the rest of the record so joe did a, did a preliminary mixes on three or four of the songs i did a preliminary mix on on the rest of them charlie was involved in the, with the mixing on all the uh, drums and also threw in suggestions because once you start mixing you can get really fatigued and tired you know just from the repetitiveness and charlie i would send stuff to charlie's just so he could hear the mix but also so he can approve the drums and he would say oh this sounds good can you lower the the the, the kick or and also you might want to turn the bass guitar up a little bit on this one and he and, and you know this this is how it works. So, so it was like a combination of the three of us doing that and, and uh, coming to this, 
you know, the, the continuity of the record, considering you got three voices happening, you know, trying to, 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 uh, to, to get certain things across the continuity of it is pretty cool. And I think Joe's mix of this was the template that allowed us to move forward. Well, you guys make a good team. I'll tell you that. Well, uh, it, it's a, it's funny ahead, because real, real quick, you know, mixing certain songs, this one in particular, you know, I would talk to Charlie and Charlie would be like, I want it. I am picturing this. And I talked to Tom and he's like, I'm picturing this. And they're two <laughs> totally different kiss tones. You know, and I was like, well, large, larger than life reverb. Cause that's like another thing that helps sell the song is the way it's mixed, you know, adding sure. a short delay on a vocal like Gene or a core on Ace's vocal, you know, something like that really kind of helps you get over that hurdle of, you know, selling the song. And it was funny just, you know, to, to hear Charlie's aspect of it. And then Tom would be like, you talked to Charlie, didn't you? Over stuff like reverb, you know, nice. reverb should be panned here and, you know. Yeah. But it's funny how uh, something minor like that could kind of make a big difference. Charlie's Charlie prevailed. He got me at a weak moment at the end of Nick. <laughs> he, he goes, uh, he goes, this, he goes, this sounds great. Cause I know he loves the song. And then he goes, but I, I yes. really think we should, you know, try to go that larger than life mix on the drum. So at that point it was almost done mixing. So I kind of felt like we're at the finish line. So I'm like, all right, let me look at this because he had a, you know, it's a valid point. I was thinking more what watching you and that kind of cowbell groovy beat was oh, yeah. itself to watching you. So I was thinking more towards that, but mm -hmm. you know, I, could hear what he was saying of course and that makes sense too so it's just a matter of what road do you want to go down but after having most of the work done at that point then it's like okay let me look take a step back and then then we worked on it together to a point where it, he was like yeah this is good and i have a feeling joe i think charlie would have maybe larger than life it up a little notch or two more than what it is <laughs> but he was like yeah he's i was like is this too much he goes it can never be too much you know <laughs> never too much yeah nope. so it was well, good let's go to the next paul track here Living Fantasy Tonight. You guys even did something as simple as even the song titles. You made them very kiss-like. Yep. With the, with the gonna right. and the, some songs in parentheses. Like Kiss does that on all their titles. And even that I pick up on. Uh, this gives me a big King of the Nighttime world feel, especially on the drums. That's just me. Oh, you know, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. That's where I got. I don't know if that's what you were going for, but um so for I me on song. The, yes for me on this one i got instant paul solo album vibes whether yeah, i got yeah i, have I, that I got as well yeah, yeah yeah wouldn't you like to know me or it's all right just like that that real uh power pop uh you know late 70s paul stuff here um and of course joe just just crushing it with the with the, with the paul nuance right there just this this to me is just a a killer a killer Paul track right here. You just you guys just nailed every ounce of that whole era with this one. <clears throat> this is like my favorite song besides the Ace one. Well, besides the Larger Than Life song, but ah, this one yeah. always had it has something about it. I love um, the way Tom plays the song, the rhythm in the mm -hmm. song because it's so Paul, yeah. and it's kind of like. To me, it's like Paul Stanley writing a Raspberry song, but Tom mm. writing a, a Paul Stanley song. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's definitely Paul's solo album. But there are the little Easter eggs in this song are like the Christine 16 snare drum. You totally. know, the ba 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 ba. And um, I, I love this song. Yeah. I, and this is the first song I played to people 
at when I would say, really? you got to listen to this song, you know, okay. because like Ed Trunk, I knew if I played this song to him first, then he was hooked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's a huge <laughs> Paul solo album fan. So, um, and, and, it, and it worked. You know, and so, Paul's uh, had the Paul had the best solo album too, by the way. Sorry. Uh, Just throwing it out there to all you Ace fans. Wow. <laughs> His is the best. I'm sorry. It is. Wow. I'm I'm with you, Zeus. I'm with you, yeah. Anna. I'm with Perfect. you. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is probably it's one of the best KISS albums. That's oh, yeah. my opinion. Oh, but, Paul's uh, album. Absolutely. Yeah. The oh, yeah, um, yeah, of course. No there's a, a funky little thing you do with the bridge, too. Right? Is that what was that all? It was it's kind of like it sounded a little bit guitars or like harmonizers or something little shout yeah. out loud things going it's, there yeah it's kind of a uh kind of a do you love me uh melody type of thing it's it's a little bit busier than that guitar harmony over underneath joe's yeah. vocal yeah that's kind of a tip of the hat to to do you love me um mm-hmm. yeah. and uh you know uh the the uh that song is, you know, I'm not going to say anything different than what charlie or joe's going to say about that but you know joe put his uh the Paul stamp all over that one. And it just, it's just satisfying to listen to the changes are good. We put some cool stuff in there. Charlie snare rolls on the choruses are, are great. And you know, what's good is it sounds like a human doing it. It doesn't sound like a mm. drum program. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so, he, so if he emphasized it at the first one, cause he was excited and, and put a little bit of extra elbow grease on the first one, but on the second one, he was a little bit more in the pocket and laid back. You could hear the slight difference in the attack, but the feel is still, you know what I mean? It's human. So yep. there are bits and pieces in there where there where there's, you know, maybe the the, the guitar solo is just you know just, you know ripping, and then we got to get to the end, and maybe I'm pushing it a little too much, and I got to slow down, or maybe I need to catch up. I leave that shit in there because it's human. I, I don't want it to be all bing bang boom. You know, let's keep the let's keep the humanity in it, and 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 because that's what real music is supposed to be you know yeah that's where you come up with that 70s feel that you guys are talking about like i'm not a musician so i don't pick up but i can hear that where the 70s you can you can hear every instrument nice and clean you can pick up the drums guitar the bass and all that stuff i can hear it on this album yeah it's not just like where the hell is this what's going on i hear you know charlie's I, i can pick up on that groove and it's that early kiss sound which that, that's, translates. that's absolutely. And, and, and I'll tell I'll, I just want to say this, that when mastering this, I never really mastered a record before. This is after it's all mixed. And then you just kind of get your final EQs yeah. and you know, whatever. And the goal, because the mixes were, were so clean that Joe sent and then, then, then the mixes that I had were comparable to that. So it was very consistent, but he, I wanted to mix it. So it didn't sound like it was a 2020 album production right totally so, so, yes so that that's a given right but yep. number two i wanted it to be where if you wanted to listen to the snare drum you could hear the snare drum you didn't have to fight to hear it if you wanted mm-hmm. to listen to the bass line you could hear you could listen to it you know without having to fight or dial up you know your, your you know you could if you need if you want a little bit more bass on it then put an extra click on your on your your, your equalizer you know mm-hmm. on your in your car or whatever but just in general you want to hear the vocals? It's going to take you a second to lock in on those. A hi hat is going to take you a second. Same thing with all of it. So it's very low-fi compared to today's production value. But in terms of the '70s production, it's perfect. It's right. It's right in that pocket. It works. You know, mm-hmm. it works. All right. So uh, walk that walk, Gene. You tell oh, us you a little t- bit you, about this one, Joe. You tell them about that one. Uh, you know, it's funny. It, 
Tom had a great concept and he's like, you know, the early like 73 kiss, you know, when they were still in their infancy, yep. um, you know, they had strong influences like uh, Slade and, mm-hmm. um, you know, groups like that. And Tom wrote a song, you know, kind of representing that early uh, vibe that we're kind of giving off, you know, that wasn't exactly uh, what you know to be a kiss sound, but it's an early kind of vibe, you know, early kiss sound. Um, something that you would hear him rehearsing in a loft, you know, and when Tom wrote it and he sent me the demo, I just fell in love with it. I'm like, you know, it's not exactly a hundred percent, you know, 77 kiss, but it sure as heck, you know, has a, a kiss feel to it. And then when you get the Gene and Paul style vocals answering each other back and forth, you know, that kind of just uh, really kind of gives it a cool cool vibe because you don't hear that very often you know yeah that that stood out to me on this too like you said joe it, it this is this is a song it, it it's a it's a fantastic song but you could tell it's a little bit more veering towards that earlier stage of the band uh where they wrote mm-hmm. songs like that you know that they where they would write a song like this that sounds like this and, and that just that just comes through again uh with the production obviously the vocals and just the just the groove of of the song it's just a it's just another killer track this this was the song that uh, confused me a bit. Remember, uh, I didn't know how to approach it, and I played two different versions of the song. Um, the version you hear was like my when uh, whenever Paul would introduce Firehouse, he would go to the drum riser and get the fire, you know, firehead. Yep, Peter would yep. play this kind of like beat, ba 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 ba, and that's. <laughs> how I approached this song in that kind of way, you know, like that. But then there was a whole other version that I did that I played the drums more like deuce, the way deuce. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, But the one you hear on the record is, is, is the best one. You got a little bit of a little drum. solo, a little, a lot of cowbell going on in the middle there. Am I right on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a fun section to do because uh, it, it was a uh, it was a, it was a Charlie's playing through that whole section, but there's a rhythm lick, and then there's a bass hey. lick, and then there's a cowbell, yeah. and then there's a lead lick, and but he's playing underneath all of them. But that song, and, and thank you for mentioning that, Joe, because I almost forgot about that. That is one of the songs on the record, probably the most the song that most doesn't reference anything in particular of kiss. Cause, mm-hmm. and he's, and he's right. When he's talking about Slade, I, I was going for this humble pie type of thing. And humble yes. pie was a huge influence on kiss and how they locked the guitars together and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And they've never actually done a song quite like this. They've done a shuffle like this hundred thousand years or love gun or, or speed back to my baby. You know, they've done shuffles, but they've never actually did a song like this. So this is more kind of like, what if they showed that humble pie influence it with, with their kiss stamp on the choruses and, and on the instrumentation. So it was kind of a, a, a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a thing in there for fans to absorb the song knowing that well, I can't pinpoint this. Well, that's okay. This is something fresh that kiss might've done that you just, they have no reference to, but the bulk, the vocals and the playing and the personalities are, are what carries it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then last but not least the title track to rock and roll over, right? <laughs> uh, rock and roll over. Want to tell us about that? 
Yeah, Joe mixed the, this one. Charlie and I mixed the drums on this one. This this is uh, again one of those two and a half minute, three minute Gene songs that just smacks you in the face. Catchy, hooky. The lyrics are legitimate. You know, meaning he should be singing something like this. The the the, the chorus. You know, obviously, rock and roll over is just a cool title. Like, what does it mean? You know what? You know whatever. Right. And I actually I, I actually had that for the first record, not the song. But I had the chorus. But on the first record, we have an original called uh, uh, Rock and Roll You. So I didn't want to put too many rock and roll songs. And I thought it might be too close to the bone to come out with a song like Rock and Roll Love out of the gate. But, uh, you know, this is 100 percent influenced by the, that album in every way, shape or form. And uh, might have been no, another one of the first ones I sent to Charlie. Uh, yep. And uh, I, I, I'm very proud of this one. And I put it at the end on purpose, not just because the title is an obvious title, but it's like, you know, you just you started the album with the acoustic and it kicks in and now the mm -hmm. album's over. Well, you rock it all over. Start the album over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, just and we do. Just, yeah. And that's kind of I just thought it was a cool little poignant way to do it, you know. But, um, you know, Charlie. Uh, you know, and, and Joe might have a little bit more to say about it because Joe had to listen to it a hundred times to mix it. And Charlie, <laughs> I, Charlie. I, I remember specifically when he sent me the email, he said, I have a new song. I want to show you called rock and roll. Or he, he said, I don't know if he just sent it. Didn't tell me the title. And I saw it and it said rock and roll all over. I'm like, he didn't. <laughs> How did he do it? You know, he did. And then I listened to it. I go, he did it again. He made it work. I mean, Tom That's is awesome. a brilliant songwriter. There's so much crafty uh, goodness in there, you know, and it just, he really kind of, you know, just thrives with those personalities and writing for them. I truly think that Kiss should hire Tom to write their next. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. after hearing well. this album. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I just, just want to add one thing before. Before we got on, me and Tom got on before you guys, and I'm like, before I listened to the album one more time before I spoke with you guys, and I'm like, where the fuck do I know this from? Which <laughs> is bugging me, it's bugging me, bugging me. And I went to YouTube and I put on "Love Them and Leave Them," and like, that's the solo. Am I wrong? Is uh, that "Love and Leave Them" solo? Because that's no. what it sounds just like. No, I, I I happen to. This is one of my favorite solos on the record, but that that's not that. It actually starts with a little bit of a hooligan type of lick. Yeah, uh, hooligan. Uh, oh. But uh, but uh, but <laughs> it's in a different that. context. It just, that's just what I started. I started doing, you know, and then I just went where yes. I went. But yes, it's totally influenced by that that by that album. The, the verse riff is kind of influenced by uh, uh, "Love Them and Leave Them." The the intro. People have, you know, thought about, uh, you know, I think Charlie references uh, "Sweet Pain" on, mm -hmm. on the, the intro chords. You know, that's that's what he picks up on, and you know, it, it's it's whatever 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 you catch is it's all legitimate. And I will say this on the guitar solos, um, I'm not actually just playing ace licks. I'm actually writing, composing solos. You know, in in a way that. Uh, the way that he did the song within the song that everybody talks about, you know, you can hum his solos and it's catchy. And then this, you can do it with yours too. I'm telling well, you. And, and I'm taking his, his mindset and, and doing it, but I'm actually, you know, trying to write solos instead of just going, boom, but a boom, but a boom, you know, for every <laughs> song, you know, and yep. there's certain licks he does that I won't do. I call them the lazy, I don't give a shit ace licks. There's certain <laughs> things that I won't, that I won't, that I won't put on, that I won't put on the song. So, you know, I think that, uh, 
I think that uh, it, it was a great way to, 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 to end the record. And, yep. you know, I'll, I'll say this just because Charlie and Joe are here. I think if, if Charlie mixed it or I just mixed it or Joe just mixed it, it might come, it might've come out just a little bit different to each other's, you know, uh, what each other might've done. But I think overall, I think we, we captured enough of what each other, each, each of us would have been looking for mm. to give you guys the feeling that you get when you hear it or anybody yeah. who hears it and goes, Oh, this is fucking cool because yeah. it's not just a, it's not just uh, songs that have a cool title, but have that have a shitty lick or, or whatever. We actually mm-hmm. tried to craft this stuff when Charlie put his parts down, when Joe puts his vocal down or puts his you know guitar bits in there or, or me doing that. And I think that the, the in addition to it, we're purposely trying to get those kiss vibes and get conjure up those things in, in, in the listener. But we think it's just, it's also a cool fucking rock and roll record. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it was a lot of fun doing it. And and again, I'm proud of uh, these two guys for all the work that they put into it. You know, I was just, I was just on tour for like four or five weeks and we would do these meet and greets and, Sometimes, you know, we did like a Q&A. We didn't just do like a meet and greet where you get a bunch of people, take a photo by, you know, we actually stayed for like an hour, hour and a half with, with you know, our fans. And we talked about, they could ask anything they want. Nice. And every, every day there was a classic 78 question, you know, that's I was so happy. I'm, that's like, wow, you, I'm like, you love that record. And they're like, yeah. And then a lot of guys on the crew too, like the hate breed guys, they loved oh, wow, it as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, and the black label guys too. So um, everybody everybody like heard about it from somebody, but they didn't know. And like people would come over to me, I didn't know you played drums on it. I was like, yeah, nobody really knows that, but mm-hmm. you know, but but they do. Right. But uh, anyway, so it was good to see people who love Kiss really get the spirit of what this is all about, and that's what it is basically. It's the spirit of Kiss to totally. to us. Right. And I think, Charlie, if you don't mind me saying, I think you recently, you know, uh, were at an, uh, an event with Paul and you guys had a nice exchange. You know, uh, he's Paul's been supportive from the beginning of, amongst his circle of friends and said some very complimentary things. We haven't had direct contact with him personally, but okay. Charlie actually did. But I, yeah, but I will see all of them. Uh, we're playing together in Mexico. Yeah. And, nice. Uh, That's right. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to personally hand the two of them. Two copies and no, and, uh, and then and then tell and, Paul and then tell Paul that you want to go on the Kiss cruise so we can all see you perform live in yes, front of all the Kiss fans. That's what you guys should do. See that's what you should be doing. Cruise that's going to Mexico. Well, yeah, but we will only do it if it's Kiss, and then right under Kiss is Classic Seventy Eight. That's the only way I'll do it. <laughs> so is that what's next? You guys going to open for Kiss on the uh, any part of the end of the road? Or maybe is there any live? Concert? Is there is there any live performance coming? Ever, I, we, I think all three of us would love to do that. It, okay. it would just have yeah. to be. It would have to be the right situation because you know, okay. uh, you know, we don't want to cheapen the, the 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 experience that people have from listening to this stuff. You know, oh, if of, we course, play, of course, of course. You know, if we get in a room, I mean, we could play the shit out of this stuff. You know, and there's yeah. there's you know there's there's one or two guys who could easily hold up you know the the gene role for us because I can't be in two places at once, you know. Right, 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 right. Um and I would love to get in a room with these guys and actually do that and play some of these songs and jam on some fucking kiss shit, you know? Yeah. You know, and you know we got to do that a little bit with all the way and Mr. Speed covers thanks to Charlie. But mm-hmm. I think if we played it would be it would it would sound really fucking good. 
we were going to do this thing with John five in New York, but that got blown out uh, mm-hmm. because I think uh, because of COVID John, I think John got sick around that time, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm up for it, you know, just <laughs> scheduling, you know, if the schedule's right and we have time, I have time to do it. I, I would love to do it. You know? Well, Charlie, Charlie always, Charlie always says, you know, it would take a lot, you know, we need the, the 12 trucks of, of gear. And yeah. so, one, we can't just we, we can't do this like you know low budget it's got to be it's got to be big, big. the classic <laughs> 78 sign right. behind us that, flashing that, lights know, yeah flashing lights we so, saw, you know the stairs it's it's a lot dude couple couple more things just before we let you guys go because we were so appreciative of the time you've given us tom we've talked about the music but the other thing that kiss fans love is a good album cover and my word, did you did you and the artist crush it with this? I mean, you got the the background that's kind of like destroyer love gun like. You got Gene's bass with the blood all over it. You got Paul's guitar with the purple rose, Ace's guitar with the with the smoke coming out, the Sam Serpent, um the Peter's bass Peter's bass with the bandolier from the Love Gun album. Yes. And my favorite, the roller coaster in the background <laughs> from Phantom of the Park which of course the album is called Phantoms. You checked off every late seventies box on that album cover. Here's the, here's the great part is that uh, I had a loose concept for that, you know, and I have no, my skills on Photoshop are all clunky and I couldn't even get, I could never even attempt to do what you see on that album. cover. So I gave a very choppy, ridiculous concept to Claudio Bergaman, who's the artist. He's a big kiss fan. He's originally from Chile He's here in the States. He lives in Northern California. He did the the last uh, Judas Priest album cover of Firepower. Oh, wow. wow. Um, okay. I, I reached out to him and I said, listen, I, I don't know if you know who we are, but this is what we do. And here's, you know, I wanted to get, you know, uh, a, a proper cover because on the first two releases, I just did a, We just did a, a very bland thing, kind of let the music do the talk and kind of let the music be the, the calling card. But this album we were so happy with and, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to to make sure that we had an album cover that really matched the quality of everybody's performance and the songs and all that stuff and just give people something special because it had been four years, five years. Nobody knew we, uh, Phantoms was even coming, you know. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Claudio. I gave him a loose thing. He started to throw out all these ideas and he ran with it. And uh, I compromised on some things that he really wanted to do. I had the roller coaster in the back, like the burning city and destroyer. Okay. He brought it up to, he brought oh, it up shit. to the now forefront, yeah. you know, yeah. he brought it up to the forefront on the, on the other side. He, it was his idea to do the serpent. It was my idea to do the bandolier. He wanted, he was thinking of putting that backwards three. I thought that was a little too close to the bone. Mm-hmm. I wanted the bandolier. So we had a little back and forth, but, but 90% of that, that you see is every, all the magic that he did mm. and his, his running with the concept. I had very little to do with what you see on there in terms of how fucking good it is. And, you know, so uh, Charlie so, loved it. Yeah, you missed so the Joe. rose, Tom. No, I said it. I mentioned it. I, oh, mentioned, the pur- I mentioned the purple rose. I just saw it now. I no, I, no. I so, so I'm Tom, like, so, so where is, when, when can we get a t-shirt with this and when are we going to get the colored swirled vinyl for this? So I can add it to my collection. We'll definitely do T-shirts. I was working with uh, with uh, somebody who's got a good rep in, in the Kiss world to do T-shirts, and and it's just it's just uh, I think the timing is wrong because it's a very busy time for this person. Okay. So so it's not I haven't been able to pull the trigger on that yet, but uh, 
you know, uh, you'll probably see Charlie in a, in a t-shirt sooner than anybody else. Right, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, we'll definitely do that. The vinyl thing is we definitely are going to do it and we were hoping to do it at yes. the end of this year, but the, 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 the industry is so upside down and so yeah. backlogged and because we're independent, yeah, just, just monitoring the situation and uh, you know, it, it's going to happen. And I think because we have to wait a little bit longer, I think, you know, Joe and Charlie and I are due to have a, a, a powwow on it when we have the time to just throw everything in in the kitchen sink into what we could do to really make it special when, when it happens, because nice. you know we could just release it on vinyl and have the, the cover uh, be what it is. And, and, and maybe an extra song, there'll probably be an extra tune on there. Right. Okay. But maybe we should gatefold it. Maybe we should do uh, some goodies and some, you know, really, you know, do something Char- really Charlie's special. Charlie's nodding his head too. So he wants because, a gatefold and goodies. Because no, we're waiting too. Because we're waiting too. Alive too. Tattoos. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the tattoos. Because we, <laughs> we're waiting too. We would love to have one. You know, we just have to, you know, it's just a crappy time. But yeah. all that stuff is going to happen. And what's beautiful about this is that because it's us, we can roll things out. You know, this life, this thing has a life of its own. Sure. It doesn't have to be on a cycle that a, a, a proper major label release would be on. We mm-hmm. didn't release six songs, you know, three months before the album was even released. You know, we didn't even tell anybody it was coming. We just went blam. You know, you know, yeah. you know, it would be really cool if um, if I if I could talk to those guys and maybe it opens and each one of those guys writes a little letter about what they think of the album. Oh, like guys in oh, a live, you know, super cool. Um, super cool. So maybe we can get them to do that. Holy you, crap. You, you, you can pull that string, Charlie. You can do that. I just got chills when he said, yeah. No, it, it, it could be like, well, I hated this record. Gene, I want my, I want my cut. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one, one more thing, just a real sure. quick thing. Uh, while you're while you're all waiting for the vinyl, you yeah. could always pick up Charlie Benante's Silver Linings. I have uh, it right. on vinyl. I have it. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Great. I have it. It's awesome. Yep. So on, as you, so as you know, you could, uh, you know, testify that there's two of our, uh, classic 78 tracks that's, on there. That's uh, right. But they're two yep. of my favorite songs. Mr. Speed and, uh, yep. They're, they're by the way, incredible. Like when, when we talk about this, like whenever I meet some fans who, who like it, we talk about, and they, we talk about those two songs specifically and they're like, why did you pick those two songs? And it's oh. like, well, cause those are the, some of the best kiss songs that aren't that popular. You That's know? right. That's um, right. And when Joe sang those, I was just like, dude, this, I, I was laughing when, when he sent me the vocals and everything, cause it was just so spot on. Yep. So, yep. I mean, <laughs> it's just awesome. You know? No silver, silver linings is fantastic. And if I can just drop in a little rush thing, Moving picture, moving pictures is awesome, oh, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I just I was gonna get my Rush stuff in there. That's okay. <laughs> did you and see Rush at that uh, tribute? I, thing? I did for the the Taylor Hawkins tribute. Yeah, that was cool. Incredible. Yeah, I'll say this about Charlie, if you guys don't mind, real quick. You know, go ahead. Getting, getting to know him and, and and what he did with this with the classic 78 record and you know what he did during the, uh, the, the, the Mr. Speed and all the way, this guy just loves music. He doesn't care what genre it is. 
And, you know, some people say, well, why would you do a cover if it's going to be exact? It's because he wants to be Peter Chris for three and a half minutes, you know, he wants <laughs> to, you. or he exactly. wants to be Neil, he wants to be Neil Pert for 18 minutes, whichever yes. one you want to do. But, but, <laughs> and I'll say that about Anthrax too. Uh, you know, he, those guys are out of the, all the big four. These guys just love music. Not that the others don't, but it's apparent in what Anthrax does that they, they're pulling from all these different influences, whether it was friggin' Joy Division or Iron Maiden or whatever the, whatever the hell was scratching somebody's itch, they, 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 they put that in the pot. So, you know, uh, I think part of why uh, they've been around so long is, 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 is part of that reason. And, and the, the fact that Charlie's got such a love of music, doing something fun like Classic 78 or doing those Kiss covers, he... He he literally gets something out of it musically to do that. It's just joy. And this whole album, we're not trying to say that Kiss should be doing this and they're not. That's not for us to say. We're just saying we love the sound that they used to make and nobody does it anymore. So we, we, we dig this. We hope you do, too. And it's all about having a good time. Crank it up in the car, you know, put it on in the office while you while you work and whatever it is. There's no pretense about it other than just have a good time with it, you know. Yep. Yep. And we're, uh, now we're, oh, I'm sorry. Thank Go you ahead, for Tom. saying that. No, I was say thank you for saying that. And I'll, I'll give you this later, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to, I also got to add too, since Tom get, got that, I got to say the Chloe dancer version is awesome. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh, Fucking Incredible. love that. We're nineties guys. One of the great tools. So we, we got all that influence too. One of the we one of the greats. One of the greats. Uh, you did a such a great job. song. Such yep. such a great band. Yeah. Yep. And kind of forgotten. In a, yeah. In a way, totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's why you pick those two great songs too. You Absolutely. pick up on stuff that a lot of people aren't seeing, and they should know. And uh, that's why I think those two songs really work. One more thing before we let you guys go, and I would be remiss as a <laughs> fan if I didn't ask Charlie this while we have him on there. The Pantera tour. A, congrats for getting the call to, to drum on that, which yes. is out in, incredible. Is there anything you can share with us? If you guys like, we're going to go deep cuts. Are we playing top like the hits? Are we doing how big is the tour going to be? What what can you, because we have listeners of our show that love Pantera, including myself. Um, all I know right now is I'll be in rehearsal next week. Okay. And that's all I know. And we're playing a bunch of shows in South America in December. Awesome. That's it for now. So awesome. um, I'm excited. So uh, yeah, we can't wait. Can't uh, wait. It's going to be great. Congratula- congratulations. This, man. this is something that, you know, uh, it's for me, it's a very emotional thing because sure. of my history with those guys. So yep. um, I'd like people to know that this is about um, Philip Rex, Vinny and Dime. You know what I mean? And sure. The, the fact that Zach and I are being a, are going to be a part of this uh, and we're just going to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Congrats, yeah. Charlie. It's a, it's an yeah. honor. It's going to be a great tour. Now where can, um, before we forget, where can people pick this up? Now you have a website, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, classic78.com. That's K-L-A-S-S-I-K 78.com. And that'll bring you the links to uh, the iTunes store uh, and Amazon. Now, we, this isn't available for streaming. You can only you can buy the album as a download in the iTunes store, mm-hmm. not Apple Music. And yep. you can buy it as a download from Amazon. It's not part of Amazon Music streaming. Yep. And also you can buy the CD 
you know, uh, at NewberryComics.com. And that's yeah, Newberry all, Comics. This, and this is all worldwide. So if you're in if you're in Scandinavia, you can buy it from Newberry Comics. And, and you know, so it's uh, no matter where you are in the world. So it's uh, you, you want the physical copy, you can get that. And it's again classic. Is that on Amazon? You said you can get the physical CD on Amazon. No, Newberry Comics. You can all, Newberry only Comics. Newberry Comics. The okay. Yes, that and does. then the digital downloads on Amazon and on the iTunes Store. Excellent. Uh, well, we'll certainly put links on it for everybody because I'm telling you, if the the listeners that listen to us, they trust our opinion. This is the Lost Kiss CD, totally in the in the 70s that you should pick up because. Yep. Uh, we we don't say this like just to blow smoke up your ass. You guys <laughs> fucking killed it. Yeah. All three of you. And you yep. each put a mark on this, which, you know, for this KISS podcast, we'll sing this thing's praises for years to come because it's it's well deserved. Yeah. Thank you so Congrats. much. Congratulations, guys, on this. Yeah. Um, can you want to tell us anybody else want anything else coming up in each one of you's uh, career? Anybody, anybody want to plug anything? We are playing a Blue Ridge Festival uh, Thursday in Virginia. If anybody wants to come, please come to that festival. It's going to be great. And then uh, Anthrax go to the UK. Beautiful. And then, and then, like I said, the Pantera thing starts in December 2nd in Mexico. In between that's the Kiss Cruise. I got you. you got, yeah, you got to come on the Kiss Cruise with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, Kiss Cruise for sure. But uh, got to remember our mutual friend, Jericho. Oh, so, with his Jericho cruise, February 3rd, uh, our quarantine group is going to be playing. Nice. Wow. Yeah, awesome. but you guys have a problem. You don't have Kent. And you got this idiot from New York. I wouldn't be saying that in <laughs> Oh, Called yeah. Joey Casada uh, filling in for him. Yeah. Is that true? We, we love to shit on Joey. Oh, oh my god. He's 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 a, he's a, he's, a fr- he's a friend of the show. We've been on his show. He's been on ours. We t- we 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 bust his it's the Boston New York hatred that we love. Yeah, Joey exa- who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Joey who? Huh? Uh, god bless no, you, man. Bless. Oh, he's the best. He's uh, he's the best. Uh Tom Higgins, Joe McGinnis, whoa, whoa, Charlie Tom, Benanti. Tom, you got it. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Tom, yeah. yeah, please go ahead. Anything else you want to plug besides Classic 78? Yeah, well, actually, Classic 78 will be opening up for Blue Oyster Cult and Ted Nugent on September 27th <laughs> of 1978. Uh, nice. So come early. Nice. No, uh, I'll be I'll be washing dishes uh, in about a half hour. That's all I got going. <laughs> all right. Well, that's good enough. But so Tom Higgins, Joe McGinnis, Charles Benanti, Classic 78. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for giving us so much time tonight breaking down this album and just having yeah. a ton of fun with a project that you guys should be super proud of. We love it. And uh, we're so glad that you guys joined us. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys. you. Thank you. Take care. Pleasure. Incredible interview, really, really special for them to break down the album the way they did with us. Um, and it was just really a great time And the excitement, the smiles that they had on their faces. You could hear the laughter the enjoyment, the passion that they have as KISS fans, the way that they all interacted with each other. Like we said before the start of the episode, no egos. Everybody's in a team. People sharing thoughts, ideas, rewrites, producing, uh, just incredible stuff. We're so gracious to Tom, Joe, and Charlie for this. And just as KISS people, KISS fans, we know you guys are obviously, you're listening to this. It was a, it was a real thrill to not just talk about the band but then actually just chip away at the album song by song. So this is one of these episodes that 
after it's done, Tom and I look at each other and we're like, we are so fucking lucky to do what we do. I would have yeah. done this and talked to them and never released it and been happy because I just had a fucking blast talking to these guys about this album and kiss. And it was literally talking to a kiss fan, not yeah. Charlie Benante from anthrax and uh, Joe McGinnis from quarantine and Tom Higgins from Malden. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just for me personally, in you, we both, we have that thing where we'll look at each other when we're done yeah. and we both know, like you can feel it. That was fucking awesome. We don't yeah. care how many downloads. We don't care how well this episode does. We don't give a shit. Like that was for us. And we get these things every once in a while. I don't know what it is. We've yet to have one. We're like, this guy was a fucking dick. Yeah, or, it's never happened. Dude, this was fucking boring. Like we yeah. never had fun. Like you, we never know what we're going to get when we get into these. Yep. Good God. They're so down to earth. Charlie, of course, they, we're, we're lucky enough that we've had, we have a couple of text groups going with Charlie, yep. you know, with Chris and PJ on another one. And he's always been nothing like he, like, like the rock star you would expect them to be. He he's always fucking great with this time. He's got a great sense of humor, talks to you, you know, eye to eye. There's no ego involved. And Joe is the same way when we met him in Creatures mm-hmm. Fest. Uh, and when we had him on with quarantine, awesome guy. And then Tom, who couldn't be kinder, nicer, and mm-hmm. just want to talk music. Yep. And as he said. You heard him. He's like, when you hear this, I don't want you to be like, oh, classic someday. I want you to think of that kiss song, the kiss music. What does that get you to? Yep. Because it's uh, 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 an homage, I think, uh, like a love letter to kiss from all three of these guys who love this era. And I, I just, uh, I, me and you are gushing because that's how we feel. It's genuine. Yeah. And it was so great. The five of us just talking and just geeking out over kiss the minutia of of the songs, the little the little Easter eggs, the little tidbits, would be like, wait, was that from this song? Because it sounds like it was from this album. Oh yeah, that sounds like it's something from Paul's solo album or, or something from Rock and Roll Over. Yeah, well, we were trying to go for this, like just incredible inside Kiss stuff, and you could you could feel that through the interview. And and I know we don't release the video, but you could see that in their faces too. It was a just a fun conversation. It reminds me and Zeus reminds us and hopefully it reminds you why we love this band and why we do this show fuck all the noise out there all the silliness and all the bs that goes on constantly out there it comes down to the band we love and the music we love and the guys who make it yes just it's incredible and the and the fact is when we had those guys on talking about this you could see the joy in like in the way they were talking about and Charlie just talking about, you know, he's got his own shit. He's about to be on probably one of the biggest fucking tours around that yep. Pantera. And he took time off because he loves this. And that he's like, when they were telling stories or he's like telling people at his anthrax meet and greets, listen yep. to this, pick this yep. up. Hey, check this out. When I went up to Eddie and I was like, Hey, Eddie, listen to this. I, I, I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I see why you feel this way. It's incredible. And they each contribute something awesome. First of all, 
Charlie getting that Peter Chris groove. Oh, the su- the sound and the groove, inc- just incredible. Yeah, and then Joe's voice. Oh my God, the singing is excellent. Tom hitting the Gene and Ace. I'm having a daze. Like, yep. That's fucking awesome. I, I just, I can't believe how well they do it. It's, it's not copying. It's not, it's the, they're giving out the kiss aura. Yep. And you feel it. You really can think like, oh yeah, this really did come out in 78. They're giving up, they're giving, fan, they're giving kiss fans an album that they didn't get. It's like a it's a lost kiss album. And when you listen to now, the first the first two classic 78 EPs were great. Okay. This one leaps and bounds in terms of song quality and production. I mean, and for God's sakes, even the album cover is just mind-blowing. Um, it's it's just great. It was a thrill for us to have them on. We can't thank the three of them enough. Um, the 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 interview could have kept going because with the five of us were just having such a blast. Um, so we we hope you guys are, are a fan of the album as much as we are and that you enjoyed this interview and, you know, the breakdown as much as we did. Yeah. We always want to do uh, an interview when we leave it out there for you guys. If someone discovers this album two years from now and is like, I really like that. Oh shit. Shout out loudcast did an episode of those guys. It's not the generic questions. It's not the generic stuff. We wanted to break it down. Like ask the question. Cause I love this album yeah. that we would want to ask. And we yep. hope that you get that. There's one other thing though. I, it, it was been fucking racking my brain and they talked a little bit about this and they were like, walk that walk. That song is a little different. It's like, almost like their humble pie homage kiss would listen to them. It's not really a kiss song. And I'm like, why do I know this fucking song? And it's been bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. And I figured out what song it reminds me of. Push, push, Cinderella. That's what's in my head. Yes. Yuck. And you let a little push, push. And you let a little push, push. That's what it is. That's what it reminds me uh, of. You can't see me right now, but I'm sh- just shaking my head. That's what it's fucking bugging me. That's the one. That's the one. No won't. idea how many days I'm like, dun, 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 oh dun, dun, dun. I'm like, what is that? Why do I know this? Zeus humming push, push is going to be the new intro to our show now. Detroit Red Wings at their games play push, push. I've heard it. Why? When they play the Bruins. I don't Why? know. It's somebody that must love hair metal. That is, oh my God. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. If I say that to Charlie, I bet you'd be like, who? Who? What are you talking like about? 80s? Hair yeah, metal? right. I don't know what that I, is. I, I, Asylum. You were on that tour with them. What's I, Asylum? <laughs> I don't know no Godfather. Yeah, exactly. I don't know no <laughs> Asylum. I don't know no Asylum. <laughs> Jericho's like, what? You were on that tour. I don't know any songs from that. Oh, God. Oh. Anyway, guys. We can't thank you enough, uh, Classic 78, for coming on and doing this interview with us. Thank you for your generous time. That was so fucking fun, man. So fun. Great time. Thank you, guys. Tom, Joe, and Charlie. Awesome. Tom, we go to question of the week next. Yes, we do. And our question of the week is brought to us by the fantastic Fusion Tech Data and Electric. Fusion Tech is a recognized communications contractor specializing in the construction, splicing, testing, and documentation of all types of fiber optic networks. 
Along with that, Fusion Tech Electric can service all of your electrical construction needs, commercial, industrial, and utility, as well as electrical substation work and all UPS and DC power plant installation. Fusion Tech currently operates throughout the five boroughs of New York City, as well as New Jersey and the tri-state area, providing union labor with IBEW Local 3 in New York City and IBEW Local 164 and Local 102 in New Jersey. For more information about Fusion Tech, please visit their website at fusiontech-llc.com or call them at 973-650-1357. Yeah, Fusion Tech. Woo! Uh, This question comes from Anthony on Facebook. This is a good question. Uh, He says, There have been many, many books written about KISS and written by the members of KISS. If you had your way, what would be the next KISS-related book that you would want to see written? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, there, there could be a ton of that stuff. I guess I'm just thinking of eras and uh, um, maybe, maybe the real story of the reunion and carnival of souls and the Eric and Bruce and Gene and Paul aspect. Like that time frame, like that three, four. Yeah. Like, Hey, hold tight. We're not sure what we're doing. Yeah. Eric's side, Bruce's side, Paul and Gene, what they're thinking. And then have like, almost do a uh behind the mask type everybody's having to say about different parts chronologically as this is moving on and then mm-hmm. uh you know we saw the unplugged and then this happened and then that happened that might be a fun thing mm, nice so i would like to see something along the lines of like a coffee table book um i have a book called fade to black uh it's a book by our friend martin popoff and it's a huge coffee table book, and it's just album covers, like the like the history and the artistry of album covers from the, like the vinyl days. Uh, it's incredible. If you can find this, it's it's amazing. This thing is huge. Um, and and then I have another coffee table book. I think a lot of people, Kiss fans, know this one. The Lynn Goldsmith, like the really thick leather bound like uh, photo book, coffee table book. I'd like to see something like that put out by Kiss that kind of is like a an era by era or album covers, prints, demos, things that maybe never made it to the pressing plant or anything like that. Something something like a like an official coffee table book because we've gotten one that incredible hottest brand in the land book by uh Nicholas Buckland. We had him on the show when that book published a few years ago. Something like that that you can kind of display, pull it out, look at it, you know, look at it with like another kiss friend. Not necessarily a, a a novel like behind the mask or you know whatever, but something like a like a book of like art or photos because Kiss is like we always say the most visual band in the world. I'd like to see something like that officially put out by Kiss, not that stupid monster book that came out <laughs> fucking you know however long ago it was, or not and not not history either. I know those books came out; those were very exclusive and very very expensive. Maybe if they kind of miniaturized those history books into something a little bit more affordable and more coffee table size. We could do that, but maybe something like that history, but not friggin' two, 300 bucks, but 
that would be my wish list because I love all that kind of stuff. But that is a great question. Uh, actually, could spend a ton of time talking about that. But Anthony on Facebook, thank you for sending us that one. Tom, where can people find us? Start with our awesome website. Please shout it out loudcast.com. Shout it out loudcast.com. You can find all of our episodes, shout it out loudcast episodes, ARC episodes, Zeppelin Chronicle episodes. You can find all of our rankings. Everything is all there. You can click on our link to buy merch. You can click on our Amazon link to get stuff through Amazon. Uh, you can click on our links for all of our friends that have been on the show, people that we have been on their show. We have photo albums from the cruise, Creatures Fest, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. It's all there. Uh, and then, of course, we're all on the social media, very active Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, we're on TikTok. If you pay attention to that, you can see our Borat video that our friend <laughs> Daryl Alber made of him dancing to uh, what makes the world go around. Fun stuff there. Um, and of course, our wonderful Patreon family. Special shout out to Josh Brown this week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Josh. And we're proud to be part of the Pantheon podcast network of shows. Tons of great shows. Uh, and we're one of them. And we're proud of that, and, and including the aforementioned Martin Popoff. Tom, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't know if you can DM us on TikTok, but if you can, do it. Um, we uh, we do get back to people as much as we can, but we do read everything every every time you guys send us some. It's just hard nowadays for us to get to everybody, so please uh, understand that. Uh, we ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that has been growing constantly, so we thank you for that. And please. Give us one of those five star five reviews on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere you can. Even Facebook, you can give us uh, a review. Uh, we appreciate those. That helps us a lot. Another way besides Patreon to help the show is to give us a five-star child review. And we did get one, Tom, all the way from Brazil. Yeah. Brazilian Kiss fan's father. My four-year-old son, Breno, became obsessed by Kiss. Even his fifth birthday will be a Kiss-themed with local cover band in full costume. What? That's why I discovered your show. I love your enthusiasm and humor in talking about the band. Great interviews. Eddie Trunk's episodes are fantastic. Love when you guys charge over Paul Stanley. Yes, he's a diva. <laughs> I'm dreaming about doing a podcast about the Rolling Stones. Please send a shout out to Breno. Yeah, Breno. Yeah, Breno. Man, enjoy that birthday party. That's going to be incredible. Happy birthday, man. That's, an, that's amazing. Dude, Breno, you have a great dad. Absolutely. That buddy. is nourished this love of Kiss and doing a Kiss birthday party theme with a cover band. In full costume, Breno's dad, and I believe the name on this as on Apple Podcast, Zuzu Labatao, is a awesome dad. I just hope he's not letting Breno, the five year old, listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want him picking up any of our habits. You, no, you don't want no, that either. No, but uh, yeah, Breno, you're the best, buddy. Happy a birthday! Absolutely, happy birthday, buddy. Rock out on your birthday with that kiss band and uh disculpe you'll now follow portuguese so yeah okay gotcha 
anyway, uh, as far as the five star child reviews, please keep them coming and we'll give a shout out just like Breno's dad got one. Yeah. Uh, please go and find our website, shout it out loudcast.com, shout it out loudcast.com. Tom just mentioned it. You can get merch, t shirts. And when you take the t shirt, send us the photo. I believe somebody just sent us a photo of them putting one of their stickers on uh their uh suitcase i think tom right no it was our friend i love it louder he sent us a picture of his young son's dresser in his bedroom with kiss stickers on and one of them was the shouted out loud cast logo sticker we're we're see i love this we're we're in we're getting all the young kids grab them young yeah yeah we don't want these young kids going dad who's pj sparks like we can't have that shit going on Dad, what are flapjacks? I know you have them for breakfast, but these guys were talking about them in a different way. Yeah, but as long as he doesn't say, what are snapper flaps? Oof. We can't have that. Dad, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you get me a piss cup so I don't have to get up in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to be shouted out loud, Cass. I want a piss cup. Okay. <laughs> no, but somebody else had sent us a photo of their guitar case or suitcase with the shout out loud cast sticker. Well, whoever it was, please remind us because uh, I know somebody sent this to us uh, I and we appreciate all those. Anytime you put something on like that, send us those photos. We'd love to give a, a shout out or retweet or repost, whatever we can do. And we thank you guys for doing that. So it's a big, it's an honor for us that you guys yeah, do that. Absolutely. And we'd love to put it on the website. Speaking of the website, you can also purchase stuff on our Amazon store. Like we'll have the uh, links to uh phantom to buy the album on our website you can see them they'll be in our section of friends of the show they'll be on the episode there'll be information there and uh please go support them buy the album pick up the song you know get the physical copy rather than uh the download stuff i think they i think it's better for them but uh either way get the physical copy I, that's what i would prefer and hopefully they'll have the vinyl that tom is uh lusting after yeah exactly yes and don't forget you can always email us at shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com tom what we do next is we always like to end with famous last words you got any oh always you're good looking so you get your way you've been lucky baby not today because you've been pushing and you don't get me tonight. Oh, okay. There's nothing else I'd rather do. So you lift your dress. <laughs> you want to impress. There's one thing. I've got to confess. Love them. Leave them. Oh, leave them. Yeah. Love it. Woo. Well, Tom Higgins, Charlie Bonante, Joe McGinnis, Classic 78, Kiss Army, Loudcasters. Tom, my friend, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Special shout out to Tom, Joe, and Charlie from Classic 78. Thank you for giving us a great episode. A ton of fun with that interview. 
Thank you, everybody out there. You guys are the best. Zeus, as always, my friend. Thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. So, Tom, we're thinking about doing another sidecast, and we're like, what is as bad as Kiss and as toxic? Like Star Wars. And what were some of the topics we were going to do? Oh, yeah. We do a Star Wars podcast, and like, you know, like our member profile episodes would be like, uh, yeah, this week we're going to do a planet profile. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about Naboo for the next three hours. What do you think? (laughs) This week we have the background actor boss nap <laughs> he's gonna uh, come on follow up following up we have general grievous and how he used to spin those lightsabers as quickly as he did <laughs> we have stormtrooper 340 from the battle scene at chewbacca's planet that is also that, that is known as kashik okay oh, they, they, come on now come on go. now there you go Imagine how toxic Star Wars would be doing a podcast on this. Brutal. Brutal. I, I don't care what you say. We know nothing about movie making. No. We are not in Hollywood. We have no, no connections with anything. We could do a Star Wars podcast. And I would say within two to three years, we would be we would, near the we top. would hate Star Wars. We would hate Star Wars, but yeah. we'd be near the top of the Star Wars. Of course. Podcast. Yeah, because our first episode is going to be a bounty hunter draft, and I'm taking Bosk with the number one pick. Yes. And then we would get questions like, do these guys even like Star Wars? (laughs) Do you like The Last Jedi? Dude, by that fucking time, she was getting fat. There's nothing. People are like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? What is the oh, matter with you guys? Yeah, like, oh, this guy sucks. And like, why do you make fun of them? I thought you're supposed to like this. We would get so much backlash, but we could seriously do some major damage breaking down Star Wars and yeah, doing Star well, because Wars we're, podcasts. We're diehard fans. And it would be incredible. Of the movies and stuff. Yeah. Not the fucking drama and all that other shit. And there's stuff to be made fun of on Star Wars. Oh, you think? Of course. But I honestly believe we could fucking have a top Star Wars podcast within three years. Maybe it's a challenge we'll accept. Stay tuned. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.